the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. This week we're talking about The Hunger Games. Popping your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause. When the like last logo before the movie fades to black. We're not entirely sure what the hell Color Source is or whatever it said. But They're from District 9. For us, it's Color Source or something. Press pause after that, right before the title card starts happening. And in a second, I'll say 3, 2, 1, and pause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary. Except, of course, with four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian, William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman, Scott. Yellow. And Trey, the amazing Stokes. Okay. So the Hunger Games, I had not even freaking heard of when it happened. Like, I had heard of Twilight. I, I heard the bubbles on that one because my sister was reading them. But I just totally missed the Hunger Games thing. And then in like a short span of time, I saw both reviews on Mike's blog for this book called The Hunger Games and then these posters for this movie called The Hunger Games. And I was trying to figure out what Trying them. to figure out the connection between the two? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> these, seem, be these, these seem like, it's not even like they're two homonyms. It's the same word twice in the same order. Yeah. Hmm. This must be a thing. For some reason, I wasn't able to get over the initial hit of somehow this happened okay still with me like that's supposed to it's the magic bean and you're supposed to just take it but for some reason something about the the trappings or the framing of it or something didn't work for me uh but i just watched it again the other day and uh, i liked it a lot better this time so i I think it might have just been my mood the day i saw it sort of deal but hunger games is fine and it's you know especially for the sort of stuff that we're used to seeing i'll take i'll take more of these over over twilights and stuff like that you know it's not one of my favorites but i I found that i enjoyed it more last time except for some of the stuff that happens at the very end which i still have questions about but otherwise hey go hunger games Brian, you read it. You saw it. Well, I, I saw it. I watched it in, like, opening night or opening weekend or something uh, with some friends. I hadn't read it beforehand, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll check this out. And remember liking it, coming out of it enough, going, yeah, pretty good. I'll give that a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Um, and then the more I thought about it, the less kind of esteem it held in my head. And then I – technically, I listened to the audiobooks. I was trying to do audiobooks uh, for a while there. It didn't really work. Uh, <laughs> for, from what personally. I understand, the guy who reads the audiobooks for The Hunger Games is really, really bad, though. It's a what's a woman and that's how bad he is. <laughs> <laughs> For me personally, I couldn't stand her. She kept talking like this in the Hunger Games, and it just drove me. And I listened to all screwed three. up your impression of the book. I, abs- yes, however, I still have serious story issues with the whole thing. More that, sounds, that actually sounds about appropriate as a type of narration for that. Like I read yeah. it, and I'm pretty sure it, that was the voice in my head. The, too, the style the definitely fits the actual style of of the yeah. story and the prose. Uh, and for the whole for all three books or movies or whatever I, the for the whole trilogy uh, I have serious story problems most of which don't crop up in this one so I don't know how deep we'll get into it but uh Overall, I'm not a huge fan. Certainly is better than Twilight, even though I haven't read or watched Twilight and don't <laughs> intend to. It seems like it's better than Twilight. I'm just going to say sight unseen. It's better. Yeah. It's better. Uh, and I feel, it's better I, I, I feel pretty confident in that assertion. Yeah. Right. But I'm not uh, overall uh, I'm, a big At fan. some point, right after it had come out, you, you put your finger on what your problem was with it. I think it was during Thor, but you said something to the effect of the Hunger Games could readily be about like 16 different things. Yeah, it yeah, teases well, out all of them and it never picks one to do. And we'll certainly get into that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's exactly it. It's the, there's, so it's many primed that for good social commentary. That is just hitting on the edges of it and it never lands a square hit on any thematic idea whatsoever. All right, Mike, you got us into this. Yeah, that is the... <laughs> m- my issue with Hunger Games is precisely that yeah. as well. Um, it's... Um, I read I read all the books. It's 
it's a very easy series to read. Yeah. It's a, just like it's for kids. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it keeps going, and, and each chapter ends with a pretty good cliffhanger, so you're going, oh, well, I can't stop there. Like, I, gotta, <laughs> I did. Is that yeah. the whole trick to writing a novel anymore? Is it just kind of? All right, let's just keep making it so it's like an episode of Breaking Bad. Well, well I, it always ideally, has been yes. to a degree. Yeah, it's ideally. just gotten more importance. Tell that to F. Scott Fitzgerald. But uh, fine. Next time I see him. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. And, uh, also ask him to sign this. So I read all the books because you can totally read them in a weekend if you, if you want to. Um, yeah, the story problems kind of compound and it unravels and it's an incredible anticlimax <laughs> at the end that I hope they change for the movies. Um, the m- movie is a pretty good representation of the book. They made a lot of good... They made a lot of good choices in terms of translating the information from the book to cinema language, mm-hmm. uh, and they they took away some of the kind of dumber ideas in the book in a in a few places. Dog face, yeah, but yeah, the the real issue I is totally that totally forgot about the dog face. Yeah, if you if you try Dude, to, she has a name. It's Jennifer Lawrence. As, as this one, I love her. Oscar winner um, Jennifer Lawrence. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, mm. as as this. Um, the story tries to be that this is actually the future of us. It's the, well, it's, the, the book does, the movie doesn't. Okay, the, the, you're right. The movie, which does. I think was a good choice because because yeah. that sort of addresses Teague's issue is the book specifically says this is future America. Yeah, and the movie never says that specifically. Yeah, if so, it's you could say it's, this is you know alternate reality. Yeah, yeah. Because if you try to look at this as a future America, it makes absolutely no sense sociologically or anything. Nothing. This could never happen. It's it's completely. <laughs> I, think, I, I completely disagree with that. Well, this, is, this is almost happening right now. Right. Well, in the in the particular way that it is, where it's like. And they re- regress to the forties for so you know the like the the details and of they it. They have a Roman fetish for some reason. Yeah, the, but the as an allegory, like you said, totally, totally makes sense. But the problem is, it can't decide what it's an allegory to, yeah, what it's yeah. really trying to say, and so it just becomes okay. This is a this is a thing about kids killing each other, and it's. Entertain- yeah, it's entertaining enough for two hours that you don't come out feeling offended by it. But the more you think about it, the more empty of, of an experience you kind of realize it is. Yeah, and exactly. So um, it's not, like you say, it's not terrible. We've had worse. <laughs> there have been worse books. There have been worse movies from books. There have been worse movies from books that were better than The Hunger Games. <laughs> and in so. terms of movies that are based on games, like this is, I think, the best one from the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that this movie Send your exists. emails to... I actually, I actually, you know, as, as we've talked about, I actually kind of like that it exists in the sense that you go, this is about kids killing each other. Like, I can't believe they made this. But, this is pop culture? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but overall, it's sort of like, well, you know. That's gonna that's gonna be something that people look back on and go, yeah, that was a thing, huh? Mm-hmm. In the chat room, Owen Ward says, "You know what they call the Hunger Games in France? Battle Royale with cheese." Stop it! Go away, wow, wow. Trey. What's your thing with the Hunger Games? I I I knew it existed. I knew it was about kids who fight to the death. Um, I knew there were books. Um, I went to, uh, literally. I don't think I even seen it, saw a trailer, but it was like, okay, I'm just gonna go in this one. You know, I, tr- I went in totally unspoiled, and I said, okay, but this is enough of a thing that I think I saw it opening weekend, made a point of seeing it, and so I had no real expectations of it, and uh, and I was about 30 minutes in, I was like, this is a nutty movie, <laughs> uh, and I just kind of strapped in and went for the ride, and I was like, all right, just yeah, sitting there giggling, yeah, it's like, all right, fine, yeah, I was like, Jesus, yeah, there's teenagers hacking each other up with uh, with Klingon weapons, this is fantastic. Um, so I came out of it like, wow, okay. I, I 
felt like I got my money's worth out of it. And uh, I was kind of fascinated by the directing style, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm. And um, that inspired me to want to read the book. So I read the book after, the first book. And uh, and so it was interesting to see, like you said, you know what what do they do with the book? How do they tweak? How do they tweak it? What do they change? What do they adjust? Um, but it is, yeah, it's ninety nine percent the book. The book was pretty much ready to be filmed. Um, in the end, I just rewatched it last night, and in the end, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward story. But uh, you know, it's it's I don't know if I, if I if I'm as miffed at it for for not being a deep psychological allegory about a future that could never possibly happen because isn't this just a variation of judge dread um you know it's or goblet of fire it's a it's it's entertainment about a potential future uh where shit happens and there's lots of violence and we oh. follow a character and we see what happens no longer goblet of fire <laughs> so, <laughs> so um so I, in the end i you know i dug it i watched it again last night and i was like yeah all right i'm, I'm really i'm really glad that they made I'm, i i think a Probably the most thing I would most I would say about it is I'm really glad they made it this way because there are there are a hundred bad ways they could have done this movie. I agree. Yeah, and this this version is is about as about as good. I can't imagine too many. You know, I can I can have some tweaks and we'll get into it. But uh, you know, I thought they really did justice to the book, which you know whether that matters or not. But uh, in the end, it's like I'm glad this you know, this could have been so awful in so many ways, and it's not. And that's that's really kind of the major victory of it. I blame Jennifer Lawrence. Anyway, so at the I point where the, like, yes. the last Call logo me. has faded to black, usually we give you a specific one, but this one, it seemed kind of iffy. Like, maybe we got the logo for the DVD company or something. So, right before the movie starts, we pause at that point. Uh, as I am here. So, put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, unpause. Yeah, and the, the, the phrase, the fact that it starts that way, if you don't know what's going on, what a great beginning. Because you're going, what? <laughs> Treason, what? Yeah, really. Now, now again, right, right from the start... It's. I saw someone. Someone when this movie came out, someone was saying what, how ridiculous it was that you know no one lives like that. Um, hello, it's called Appalachia, and it exists in our world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, in the books, they specifically say District Twelve is Appalachia, or, or was the you know the artist formerly known as Appalachia, um, which is like North Carolina stuff. Yeah, it's the, the North Carolina, West Virginia, Kentucky. Yeah, it's Tennessee. like coal mining. Our coal mining. Yeah. You know, they mine our coal for us. Um, so you know, here we are. I like to call this movie Mitt Rom twenty sixteen Mitt Romney's America. Um, <laughs> Which is why I don't find this far-fetched at all. Anymore, we, we gave Judge Dredd a pass by saying, well, if there was some great cataclysm and they had to restore order, they might you know, impose this judging idea. No, but um, my, my problem with it, it was, it was me that had that problem. And I, I, it works for me. Bear in mind, the distinction that I'm about to try to suss out has to do with one movie worked for me and one didn't. But if I had to put a finger on it, Judge Dredd has a very... A happened and B was the effect sort of feel to it, which was, all right, the cities got so bad that they ended up, and you know, the, over the course of building these cities, they had to make, you know, really huge, like mall skyscraper housing tenements. But it got so bad that they had to basically do some you know, martial law now, and these guys are it, and they get to make the yeah, choice. Yeah, and they never un This is more, and that's, and that's a choice that was made top down to the society. Like, and now we have these police officers that can kill you whenever they want to. All right, well, this, you know, the populace isn't going along with that, but they have no choice when there's a gun trained on them. But this is more like everyone is just, I, I don't see enough. Everyone's willing. I, everyone I don't see is enough. willingly participating in this. Exactly. I never you have know. anyone yeah, hang well, a lantern I, and go. I don't God, think I don't think they're willingly participating. I don't think they have a choice. Well, I never see. Well, I never understand what will happen if they don't. More specifically, I guess. I mean, at the beginning be, of the movie, it's, it's made clear in the book that that that. Well, the reason that they're they're in this situation in the first place was they tried to rebel against the capital and the capital crushed them. Yeah. Right. And the capital and, and this, and this is the how they keep them, they, how they keep them down. Yeah, right. the capital then imposed this on them to say this is what we, you know, to keep to keep them under heel being like not only did we crush you, but 
on an annual basis, we are going to continure to crush you yeah. by and, taking and two they couch in the language of, we're, you know, isn't this a wonderful thing we're doing? Well, yeah, the same way you know you would you would you know give your slaves a really nice Christmas party. Well, sure, but that's the people that are making the decision. It's the whole world that's watching this game. There's you know an entire giant city full of people that are really excited about well, it, and capital, I'm trying to figure out where the moral the, line is that they're trying to. That's say. the thing. The capital. Well, that's is the capital C. Everyone else is subhuman, and it's okay. Or, yeah. or they're yeah. evolved. Yeah. Or, well, well the I mean, capital. The, uh, this is okay. This is one of the things that that this story could be touching on and doesn't it does but doesn't really is just the idea of reality tv like what is really the difference yeah uh, is, aside is... from aside from an economy of scale number one i mean it's the place is called pan am which refers to the Pan roman America. well oh, no okay. it refers to Pan the roman panem at circenses yeah, which yeah. is the if you give give the people bread and circuses yeah. and they and you know give them superficial i think i've always, I always read it also it was sort of pan america that it also was yeah, hinting it, it, at this america i think it's, but, you know, it's either, either one. a double panem is a good thing but yeah well that's a good point it's like people go well you know no one would accept this we're not a different species than went to the Colosseum and watched people slaughter each right. other. You know, we're not. It's all a matter of the society you're used to. We're only 150 years away from slavery being totally cool. Yeah. You know, we're not a different species. That was us. And, this and is, they were. You know, people are raised in society. They go, "This is the world. This is how the world is." I, I'm, and and the people, the people in the capital. Well, that's a that's a, a good point to start with. If you're raised in the capital, you don't think anything of it. Yeah. Um, Your life is awesome. Yeah. And there's the there's the aspect of. Aside from the the you know the the scale involved, what really is the difference between them watching the Hunger Games and us watching Honey Boo Boo? Like, yeah. like we are and we. How many people right now in America would love to watch Muslims fight yeah. to the death and because people, they're subhuman? But people are people are entertained by watching. No, I agree. Very much. My, my issue, the, you know, my issue wasn't internal with them. I have questions about that. My sure. issue is that I have questions about it, and this is a translation issue. It's think, obviously the society can exist, but I exist in this one, and I didn't get the transition point. Well, that's why. Sure. That's why I think it was a good choice for the movie to not say this was America. Right. Well, that too. The movie yeah. never says that, and the book does. And so, you know, it's an alternate reality, just like you know, Star Wars is a freaking alternate reality. Yeah. You know, but there could have been like either. I think. I think that's the issue, though. At the heart of it is, is that the the idea at the center, I think, is actually really brilliant and has a lot of uncomfortable truth to it but the there there hasn't been kind of this the exploration of Okay, what would the what would these details actually be, and what how would this actually the, play I out? I think the would frustrating that thing a real sense of reality, and the, the fr- well, the the more frustrating thing, it's like that's okay, but the frustrating thing is there's so much that could be said with this. It's the opportunity, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's frustrating. It's a perfect, it's perfectly fine as it is, I suppose. But you but can make this exact same movie about like six different things. Yeah, yeah, but, and you could, and and by honing in on that, it could be, it could strike much more powerfully whereas right here it's just it yeah. is just an I mean, adventure the, story. A, a potential solution for the problem that i had which basically comes did, serenity because i was sort of lost for the first third of the movie which kind of puts me in a pissy mood for the rest of the movie when that happens uh, but a solution for this would have been something like any like three line exchange where someone says i can't believe we you know we have to do this this is awful like, yeah but we have to do it that's the way it works but why do we have to just because this is how we have you know blah blah blah. But well, just but there's they, a title card for that for you. Yeah, but and yeah. they all and 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 you're you're I just, talking I about hear, putting in I, an the, as the you title know. card is God. I just want to have a moment where someone says, "Yeah, somebody, basically, I do you, want an as you know." Somebody you want, in the yeah. universe. I want someone yeah, to, for an as you know. They do. They do to hang a lantern and say they're having yes, that right now. Yeah, they're doing it right now. They're saying, "What would happen if we if we refuse to participate?" 
you know, uh, but but the the but question, they, of, but there's no answer. The, well, because no, there's no that's, answer. They, that's they why they participate. That, and the the question of where it came from is answered five minutes from now when they when they watch that hilariously, yes. perfectly produced, you know, propaganda video. They, I think they showed that same video at CPAC this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, as a viewer, I struggled to get on board with it, even though they they gave me some you know exposition here and a title card there, but none of it was what I was. It either it gave me more questions or it didn't answer the ones that I had, uh, but it didn't work for me in a way that put me into the movie. Like, all right, let's do this movie. That didn't happen until after I'd already seen it and then moved on for six months and came back to it. It's just one of those things where my first impression was, wait, but okay, wait, give me one. All right, yeah, okay, what, here we but go. I, 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 I think there's that that you in particular, as we've discussed on other <laughs> on other episodes, you want it you want it like right up front to understand it. And a lot of movies are like, no, give me half an hour. If at the end of half an hour I haven't answered your questions, then there's a problem. But at least give me or, that or I haven't you given start. you something else, so you don't even care what the answer to the yeah. question is. You know, so you know, then, then that's 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 a certain kind of movie. That's 2001. That's Dark City. Yeah, and that's that's how it works. So let's uh, let's get the Jennifer Lawrence thing out of the way. I think she's awesome. Love her. Yes. Yeah, she's pretty good. I love her too. I mean, her performances no, are, like, are great. As a person, but her as a person, she's <laughs> awesome. As an actress, she sucks. Um, I, I I think uh, you know. I, I still I keep meaning to see Winter's Bone, um, which it's like it's this, kind but of like, without sci-fi. Exactly, it's this without this without the spaceships. Um, oh look, a master shot. I think there's three of these in the movie. Yeah, um, which and we'll, on a dolly. No, we'll less. get to that too. But. Um, it's sh- well. It's shot very much like Winter's Bone. I'm never, is thing. that right? Yeah. It's, I'm never. I'm never in a mood to watch Winter's Bone. From what I know about it. So, no. Uh, I, no. I understand. She's, <laughs> yeah. I understand she's fantastic in it, and I'm not surprised she was nominated for an Oscar. Um, so you know, I think she's really good. And and there was there was some complaints from the you know the hardcore fans, which there always are. That you know. If, one of the complaints I said, she's not skinny enough. She's supposed to be real skinny. The book says she's really skinny, which makes sense because they're supposed to be a starving. She's pretty all the time. skinny. She just has kind of a she's, puffy face. She's all, you know, she's got she's got her baby fat. But it's like, it's like, I think I would trade a really excellent actress in the role for casting yeah. someone just because they were really really skinny. And they, yeah, which is a totally fair point for both this and Hunger Games. And I think she's been quoted as you know like, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose a shit ton of weight and get down to an unhealthy amount of weight because I don't want to give little girls the wrong idea. Yeah. Yeah. So screw it. There was there and was that. That's a trade off I think is perfectly reasonable. To yeah, make. I agree with that. I think yeah. that's great. And but there was also there was also the aspect where it's like, well, I'm also supposed to be like running and jumping and and fleeing yeah, and all I that mean, stuff, and and I can't. I can't be in the kind of shape where I can do that yeah. in a movie. If I'm emaciated, then <laughs> and then I'm also not do twelve do takes of running over this fence. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. The um, speaking of which, uh, speaking of actresses, um, first time I saw this movie, um, mom just went right by me. Yeah. Blonde woman. Um, now I've seen Deadwood. It's Trixie the whore. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "That's fucking Trixie the whore." Uh, so have it, and I looked her up on IMDb. She's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, she's she's worked a lot, but I've only ever spotted her in this and, and Deadwood. But she's got a major role in Deadwood. I hadn't put I hadn't pinned that one down either. But that's totally her. Because having just watched Deadwood like three yeah. weeks ago and then watching this last night, I was like, "Totally, that's Trixie. That's awesome." What's weird is it took. I, even after this movie, I still didn't know what Jennifer Lawrence looked like. For some reason, she just has one of those faces that doesn't like, I know what they look like now. Sort of like uh, Taylor Kitsch. I can't yeah. imagine him right now. I've seen him in like three movies, but I can't exactly imagine his face. I had that problem with Jennifer Lawrence, and it was never fixed until I watched her like in interviews and stuff. Like when I saw her being herself, then it's suddenly like, oh, I, I know what she looks like now. And now I recognize her. I still haven't had that moment for Taylor are, Kitsch. Are you sure you just don't have that, that face recognition disease? What is it? Prosopagnosia? Uh, Prosopagnosia, I think. Um, not, who said that? 
<laughs> Which one of you is talking right now? Right. I don't think Raise so. Just, for some reason, her face evaded my I know what that face looks like thing for longer than most people do. I liked her in this a lot. And then she's she's the only thing I liked or the thing I liked far and away the best in Silver Lang's playbook. Um, mm. Pretty much a, a walking away with the Oscar for that one. That was a shoe in. Um, so, yeah, she's. I think she's really quite something. And if she doesn't, uh, you know pull a low hand on us and have a complete meltdown. I think yeah. she's, she's going to... But I do wonder if the other is... shoe is going to drop when it comes to the internet's infatuation with her. Yeah. yeah. The way it has with Anne Hathaway. We hate her now for some reason. I, I don't I think... I started to even sense it because as best as I can tell, the Anne Hathaway backlash is like, oh, she's, she's such a phony. She's... Some people just read this as like the whole... Her whole character, her whole real life character, is this is my this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, by the, way. the, the, the comment that you scene, made in your review, yeah, uh, about it being basically the DMV kind of a feel, yeah, is yeah spot on because they do this every year, yeah, yeah, and they're totally and it's it's the banality of evil concept, yeah. yeah, yes, exactly, and it's it's so spot on with like this is the moment where I actually feel the horror of this situation more than actually being in the games, looking at this and looking at the people at the at the tables, just going okay, check. Go on. Go on. Check yep. in. Go on. Yeah. It's got a bit of a concentration campy feel to it. Yeah. Again, one of those things like that would never possibly happen. Humans right. would never do that to right. each other. We've talked. In fact, they deliberately some of the like the microphone and stuff is apparently. Yeah, there's, there's, right there, there is some Nazi-esque imagery basically yeah. in general to all this. We've talked before, very triumph of the will when we get to the, to the city yeah. before about the way it's shot. Uh, what is if you had to describe the sort of directorial hand of the Hunger Games in a sentence? What would it be? It literally, it literally, it's you going can, for Verite. You can count on the fingers of one hand the number of master shots in this movie. Yeah, um, we've had I think we've had one so far. There's one. One of my favorites was is when they go they get on the train in a little while and there's a shot of the beautiful train car and literally the shot is in focus for half a second and then racks. Yeah, it's like that was your master shot there. Um, which is funny because uh, this is the kind of movie that uh, David Mamet should love because this is. Very David Mamet advocates this style. He says, when you're shooting a movie, the art department will go, we built this beautiful set. You have to get a shot of it. And Mamet is like, fuck you. No, I don't. Yeah. It's the, the set is where the actors stand and act. And this is going to, the movie is about what the actors do. So this, this movie really takes it to the extreme and says, look, I'm just going to follow the people and I'm not even going to bother except in very few occasions to make sure you get a, a lovely shot of this incredible set that we have. Um, which I think is really quite interesting. And for the most part works. It's, it's very much, for me, it's very much like Armageddon. Um, in the sense, and let me, let me clarify that, in the sense that Armageddon in the theater is painful to watch because mm. it's too damn big and it's, you know, cuts every half second and it's just ugly to watch. On television, Armageddon's fine because you're more used to it and it's not as you know horrifying. This movie works a little bit better for me on video than it did on the big screen because it is a little, it's very a little queasy making, and, yeah. a little queasy it's, making it's sometimes. Very, it's the cutting is very fast, even in scenes that don't call for this. This scene, it's cutting yeah. constantly, like every other even, word. Even the scene in their home right before they yeah. leave, the, between yeah. Prim and and uh, Katniss. Yeah, this is very triumph of the will. This 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 scene here. So it's 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 definitely drawing at least you know not thematically necessarily, but but. Tonally, tonally, yeah. a, a, a Nazi, a Nazi crossover, and again, you know, the Nazis were within living memory, and yeah. that happened, and people did that. Speaking of, speaking of actresses, also, and, and isn't it interesting how the actresses are much more important in this movie than most than any of the actors? Um, yeah, yeah, good for that. Um, I spent this entire movie when I watched it because I knew nothing about it going in other than Jennifer Lawrence. 
I spent this entire movie going, who is that? <laughs> and I finally settled on uh, Frances McDormand. Oh, oh she and could it have w- done it. And it wasn't until the end credits, I was like, that was Elizabeth Banks? I, had, I was like blown away. I think Elizabeth Banks is. I've always, I always thought she was great, but normally she does like you know wacky comedies and stuff, and you know Slither and things like yeah. that. Um, Elizabeth Banks is really quite something in this. Yeah, she's great at this, and and I, I hope they they really develop her character. The character's name is Effie Trinket, which until reading the IMDb trivia, I didn't realize they don't actually name in the movie. Her her, right. her name is never spoken, so I didn't realize that that mm. if you just watch the movie, you might not even know Elizabeth Banks's character. Yeah, what is her name? Effie Trinket. Effie? Effie. E-F-F-I-E? Yep. 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 Huh. Um, and, Very and the, Are we sure it's not like Old English and her name is actually Essie? The, thi- the, the, <laughs> the thing about her character... Effie Trinket. The thing about her character is, like we were talking about, she, she, she is a perfect example of the capital. It's not that she's evil. It's that she doesn't appreciate the fact that this is evil. It never occurs to her that she's, right. she's being complicit in evil. Which... I think is the real opportunity lost with the yeah. whole series. Not, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into the whole overarching trilogy story. There'll, there'll be there'll be the other movies to get into, but, I guess. So let's not spoil it in case. Yeah, I don't have like story spoilers, but like no. setting stuff could be. Useful. Well, I opted. I opted for me. I opted my, my not big, to read the the rest of the books. So yeah. I'm like, I'll wait for the I'll wait for the movie. Yeah. So know. let's leave it at that. But 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 when you're talking broad terms, well, thematically, Effie. I think there's there's an opportunity in Effie's character over the whole trilogy that is not capitalized yeah. or on nearly as much and if it had if that if she hadn't been made the arc character where you see okay she goes from a to z yeah then that would have been and like it's like we say you know the the character who actually has the arc doesn't necessarily have to be the hero or the main right. character it doesn't have to be katniss samwise Gamgee, and yeah. it could have mm-hmm. it could have been effie and i think that would have been amazing yeah and effie, effie goes more from like a to f like there's a like, little bit there yeah. but not that much uh, which e, is realistic e, e, a lot not a lot of nazis went you know what we're doing is bad no but well, you're saying you're saying the missed opportunity would have been a good story to tell no. you're saying the missed opportunity is for her to grow to appreciate the horror and then try to change it sort of deal to do something to have more of a transformation than could she perhaps be like the chosen one and there's a prophecy that she has to change oh, the world God. and kill me. That would, <laughs> yeah, no, that would be about Katniss. That yeah, would be Katniss. or she could just be a fucking human being. Like but, I, I think, oh, I, think I think Woody Harrelson's character is is a bit of that because he's he a guy. Is. He's a guy who's had a look at the the big picture and said, "Can't change this. Just got to live with it." Yeah, you know, I'm gonna get drunk. That's his reaction to it. He, you know? Well, he, in part, it's survive. Yeah, this that's how he that's how he survives. Yeah, that's a this is a bit that's never explained. This little salute. Um, yeah, this, I was never I bothered by that. I totally got it. Oh no, I yeah, it took me, I, I it think took it, me out of the film at first. I think yeah. it makes sense if you don't know the story, but it's uh, it's just it, well, it is interesting to see. I guess how much the the movie just trusts. It's like okay, there's there's like which I like a whole two and a half page history that the book goes into of this three finger salute. Don't need it. It's yeah. like they do it and everyone gets it. The, they, they don't necessarily it, it, get the whole the whole mythological depth of it within the story, but you get what that means. Yeah, it, I mean, it took me a little moment to go wait because I think isn't it paired with some like some comment about laughing or something? I was like, wait, is that how they laugh in the future? I don't know. No, like it, it just took me for like thirty seconds, but then I it, because his name is said by like British people for the first like five or six times. I thought his name was Peter uh, because Peter. <laughs> oh. And, and then later, Katniss said it, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's been PETA this whole time. Well, like the, okay. Well, is, isn't that the idea that he's named after the bread? Because it's not spelled the same, but it's possible. It's, yeah. But, uh, well, but, uh, but, the, but the way the other characters are named after flowers or plants or whatnot, right. he is a baker's. 
he's part of a Baker family. Right. I wonder. I wonder if that's <laughs> that's that probably it. But I wonder. I feel that's, that's more of a top-down, like authorial thing than in the world they're thinking about that. Yeah. Just she's amusing herself as an author <laughs> doing right. that. I think. Well, I, I feel like that was explicitly spelled out in the book, but okay. I might be misremembering that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was. But <laughs> and by the way, the the. You know, Josh, Josh Hutcherson is fine, but there's there's later a little bit of a triangle that develops between Peter Katniss and Gale. No, it's Gale. I'm sorry. There's not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way they cast. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, Steve Zahn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, what I was saying about Jennifer Lawrence and being like temporarily face blinded to her, way more for the dude. Way more for Peter. No. Like, I just saw him I, a I second ago, and I, I still wouldn't going, recognize him if he came on screen. That's not Steve Zahn, right? No. No, it's, it's not, but it does look like him. Yeah. It's a young Steve Zahn. Peter? Yeah. yeah. That'll be helpful. I'll, I'll use that. <laughs> Unless they're wearing name tags, man, sometimes. I was like, that's so creepy. They said, get me a young Steve Zahn. Well, here, I mean, it's nice that they... Without the charisma. Love Triangle, yeah. they had the short blonde guy and then the tall brunette guy. So yeah, it's like, okay, thank God. Thank, 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 good move. Thank you. Good move, guys. Yeah, for making that a lot easier on me. Even though the the tall brunette guy isn't really in the movie for the rest of the... They cut back to him a couple of times. I mean, I I knew enough about the the books to know that yes, there's a love triangle that develops and it gets more into the politics and the president, yada yada. So so you can see that they're they're planting those seeds where you know they yeah. keep going back to him and you know the very last scene, the very last scene of this movie is totally a to be continued dot dot dot. Yeah. So lucky for them that uh, you know it was a hit and they're going to make the other ones, um, Golden Compass, anyone, <clears throat> but. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's the 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 love triangle is is obviously there and yeah. what's what's that they plant that seed pretty hard. I, they don't plant the the president seed quite as hard in this movie, which I think is for the movie is is a weak spot. Where, yeah, where I it's like it's like why is the president so freaking pissed? You know what's his what's his deal? You know it's like I understand that you know it's 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 never clear to me, and and even after reading the book, it's not particularly clear to me why the president is so incensed about what she did, you know, or what happened and all that. And from what I understand, obviously it gets much more personal and in your face in the, in the sequel books yeah. where it's much more about, you know, the prince, the, the president and versus Katniss and they have to play the game again or some shit. I don't know. I mean, yeah. obviously the spoilers it's, are out there floating, but it's um, a, uh, yeah, ultimately. And I agree in the, in the movie, you kind of have to read between the lines. And in the book, like you said, it doesn't really become clear until the later until at least the second book certainly kind of gets into it where the whole the whole issue is that that she is she has defied the the capital she has shown that it is possible to defy the capital and get away with it essentially and that's what kind of starts to kickstart that's that's why the second one is called catching fire it's talking about these you know this this revolution that's starting to to catch fire wait i thought that was the second wait so wait Catching Fire is the second one. Where Rock does Elizabeth Salander fell into this? Because <laughs> that's, that's right. That is the girl. Who she played she with plays fire. with the fire. girl who caught fire. And so then, so Cat is just a fucking idiot who can't handle fire because no, and then apparently Elizabeth girl, played with it. Girl, it was fine. Girl who kicked the Mockingjay is the third. One. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, that's the third one. I was getting too. Why does the rise of the Mockingjay happen? <laughs> I did. Re- yeah. Well, so that's a prequel. Actually, I did oh, okay. really like the the scene that we just got past, which is Effie going, "Oh, you're gonna love it. It's this train and blah blah blah." And Peta is just fucking. Weeping in the corner, but they don't like they don't they're not really focusing on him. That's just a detail in the scene. You're not going to miss it, right? But I really, I, I really did appreciate the fact that they were just 
they did just kind of let that scene happen and you no one says anything in fact she's completely oblivious right which is <laughs> which is the point like, yeah it's an excellent illustration of the point of her character yeah again she thinks you know this is she thinks this is wonderful you know yeah, they, she they, thinks these, they're being these poor people live in these subhuman conditions this is going to be so awesome for them yeah to get to see how real humans live i wonder how I don't think we've ever had this conversation before. When you're doing a character that's that over the top, like, you know, a Joker or Jack Sparrow or Effie, I wonder how uncomfortable it is, not for the actor, but for the director. Because the director has a gut feeling like, when when Elizabeth Banks says, is this too much? Fucking tell me if this is too much. And the, the director goes, no, this is exactly what we need. No. Then they turn away and start walking back to the camera. And I wonder what's going on in their mind. Like, yeah. God, I think it it's going to work. You know, I, I, I think it's going to work. Ruby Rod is probably the best example yeah, exactly. of that. Like, wow, what are we doing here? This has to work. Well, if, you, but, if you're smart and you see that ahead of time, you do several takes in which the intensity level is yeah, is no. dialed up or down. Yeah. But, but I think... As, I, as um, Kubrick and did famously with George C. Scott, who George C. Scott was terrified of like, no, I... You're going to tell me if it's too much, right? I want to do too much. I want to go over the top. And Kubrick's like, no, 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 it's fine. Bigger, bigger, bigger. And of course, uh, at the end, Kubrick used all of his massively over the top mm. takes, and, and yeah. that's the performance we see. By the way, uh, huge respect to who whoever had to do like just the the green screens outside the window yeah. like because of the way this is shot like the tracking must yeah, have really. been a nightmare and uh, so I got a. It gotta, doesn't seem like an effects heavy movie, but it kind of is. Yeah, in many ways. In those hidden ways, but yeah, I mean, a, a character like like Effie, I I gotta say that was uh, at the same time. I feel like just reading the book, that would probably be the easiest character to get because you go, oh, I get it, yeah, and just you know, yeah, she is a cartoon, but she's but she's supposed to be, you know, every, time, everyone the in the time. capital is to yeah. an extent from the perspe- especially from the perspective of of the District Eleven kids, you know, the capital is just District this, Twelve. You mean? Uh, sorry, yeah, District Twelve. Um, Eleven the, is the black people. Yeah, <laughs> the, the and black actually, actually, District uh, District Twelve was supposed to be more Hispanic. It seems like the way they were described, they had like olive skin and dark hair in the huh. books. So everyone who was complaining about the black girl actually being black and was oh, upset yeah. about that, that was a little kerfuffle. <laughs> bunch of stupid racists. Um, they actually, you, there are too many white people in this movie. Thank you very much, <laughs> compared to what it what was supposed to be. We can explain that real quick. It's uh, that someone someone posted a, a bunch of a Twitter. bunch of people. Yeah, posted, a bunch of people yeah. said I, I didn't feel as bad for for the Rue, Rue the girl. when she died when you know because they made her black. It was like she's black in the book. Yeah, <laughs> you, Mister Reading Comprehension. Yeah, <laughs> people and people who were upset that they changed it for no reason just yeah. for like diversity and stuff. It's like you should follow the book, dude. And it's like how about you read the book, yeah. dude? Because she was black. I I remember I remember knowing about that controversy quote yeah. unquote beforehand and then listening to the book and going yeah no they say she's black yeah, yeah. yeah these so, people are morons and again, so again I, I would just point out we live in a world right now in a dystopia <laughs> where humans think it's okay to publicly broadcast that they don't have sympathy when a black girl dies uh-huh. this is not so far fetched <laughs> this world is one step away from where we live right now that's true <laughs> I just didn't want to believe. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, it's like we have a discussion going on in the forums where people, someone said, "I'm tired of you know movies about dystopia." It's like there's no other kind of movie. A movie no. that's not about a dystopia is about Jennifer Aniston buying shoes successfully. <laughs> you know, a movie set in our world is a dystopia. It's just not going to get called that until a hundred years from now when they make a version of Downton Abbey and everyone goes, "My God, how did people live like that? <laughs> they are so stupid with their crazy, quaint ideas." 
We're gonna yeah, we're gonna have our 2012 Downton Abbey someday. Yeah, and someone's and gonna like, say it's gonna be following along with the Romney campaign or something. And it's like, oh god, we really we hope think that was okay. The, you know, hey, the switch yeah. could flip the other direction. Like the and the buffoon character in the century from now version of Downton Abbey will be the will be the one advocating gay marriage. Like, oh my god, people actually believed in that. That was <laughs> no. so sad. We'd like to think it's gonna get better, but hey. It is going to get better. It is getting better. Mr. Star Trek speaks. Yes. The arc of history is long, I but think, it bends towards justice. I, I, well, I think, I think that may Until also... it doesn't. I think that may <laughs> also be... That may also be a, an issue that some people have with this in thinking of this as a future society, because some people think of it in the way Trey does, which is like, that's... You know, we're, we're one... You know, we're one shot heard around the world yeah. away from getting to this. And there are some people who believe, no, the future will constantly get better. So I cannot see a future where we'll have regressed to this degree. It, I, I, oh. I, I maintain, you know, just like Judge Dredd, it's like, yes, everything will tend to trend toward better unless there's a huge catastrophe that wipes the slate clean, which certainly is, is suggested here. And, they, you know, there was a great civil war, apparently, is what they seem to be suggesting. Well, even before the civil war, there was there was something that I, I think it was implied like global warming or something. The, the melting of the ice caps changed changed the geography and and there was a, a, a an apocalypse that basically created the districts in the first place and then when the districts and then when there was a civil war and the capital put them down that's how it became the way it again is that's now. why that's why this this I, it was such a good jo- choice for the movie it's unfortunately already in the books to, to not say this is america right it's, it's very specifically avoids that because First of all, the Hunger Games have been going on for 75 years. So this is 75 years after whatever that was even happened. Right. Um, and then, as you said, there were already districts and, they up- and there was an uprising against the, the central, you know, the, the, the capital city and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's not our world either. So that had to have developed and happened and so on. So we're talking – if we were kind of even going to try and say this, was, this is future America, well, it's several centuries away and yet – other than holographic dogs, that this doesn't look like several centuries from now. So, so I think this this movie plays much better if you say this is just an alternate reality world. Yeah. That you know where things have been. The, the story diverges in the Bronze Age from our history, yeah. and and this is what happened because the dice rolled the other way several different ways, and this is the world that these people live in, but it's not ours. Yeah, I much prefer that interpretation. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I like it much more that way too when it's when it's actively. Just a straightforward allegory. All of these, all of these elements being together make more sense when they're when they're all symbolic, as yeah. opposed to when you're actually trying to project us into the future somehow. Yeah, well, it's it's really just the fact that you know it's the prognostic prognostication aspect of trying to tell science fiction of okay, this is where we're at today, and then five years, ten years, twenty, a hundred years. This is how the cards might break down. Well, but and it, and there's a lot of interesting ideas here, but the Cards really wouldn't break down this way. Well, but again, well, they, I, they I could, don't... just not in our world. Yeah. This, that, could, be, this exactly. could be our world if, like I said, if you got in a time machine and you went back and fucked up several things. It, that's yeah. what I'm saying. In if the past. You proceed from March whatever, 2013, this world is probably not going to butterfly effect out this but, way. But, yeah. but, but, but Bronze Age, yes, absolutely. But my... F- I, I, I... I think we've talked about this before, you know, that the idea that I certainly hold to since I first heard it with science fiction is it's not really about prognosticating the future. It's about looking at what we've got now and going, okay, 
let's Jonathan Swift this to the absurd logical conclusion, right? And tell the story in that world and see where this, where this, where that absurdity leads, and that will help us to reflect on what's going on now. And the the problem, like we said, is it's extrapolating in sixteen different directions, and yes. it's difficult for us to mirror back on ourselves and, too and to, directly. And to find some kind of common thread, yeah, and starting point. And I mean, because because you've got the aspect of you've got the aspect of reality TV, like we talked about. You've got a, ver- a version of it. I mean, maybe that we're complaining about this, but maybe this is also why it's so successful because you can find whatever you want in this to to you know um, that that appeals to you. You know, if you're if you're a conservative, you can see this as the liberal elites looking down on you know the the real America and yada yada yada. If you're liberal, you can look at this as you and know ninety nine percent as as a yeah. You can look at this as as the one percent. Sending sending everybody's kids but theirs to war for their entertainment, you know. Right. If you're uh, and and et cetera, et cetera. Like you can you can look at it any way you want. It's it's a Rorschach test of a of a film in that way and of a, a an allegory. Interesting. I was when they came into town. I'm looking at the subway station. All the people that, that are there. And uh, what's the capital city called? Capital. It's just the capital. Oh, okay. Uh, do you think that Perez Hilton comes from the capital? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Really? They look like him. They look like that. That's what they look like. Yeah. Which, yeah well, I mean, it's actually a really nice, maybe it's their people. I, I like that that design and that idea a lot. I but that, that's one of the things that I do find plausible. I yeah. look at this and I go, yeah, fashion is retarded. See, look, and, and, can't and, you just and, imagine Paris Hilton in there somewhere? Look at him. Exactly. Again, the, the fashions are this. You know, a hundred years ago we were still not 200 years ago now, but you know, you would put on a. Clearly ridiculous, fake powdered wig yeah. to go to work if you were a lawyer or a judge. They still do it in England. They still, <laughs> they still put on a freaking wig if they're you know, a judge. It's, it's just it's something. Hey, it's, it's we, a tradition. It's we still wear the descendants of neck cravats for no exactly. We reason. still tie a rope around our neck every day to look formal, and you know, women like paint their eyebrows black and paint their lips red. And you know, who came up with that? What's the point of any of that shit? It's just it's these things develop and change over time. So I did ah, Toby Jones, yeah, Toby Jones, but and and we have to say Stanley Tucci in the role of a lifetime. Oh, <laughs> His whole career has been building up to the, to this moment, man. Stanley Tucci when is I to go full Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci when, so much. When I heard yeah. that, I, I gotta say, of all the people that we've we've been seeing on screen in the last you know thirty seconds, um, and we'll talk about the control room as we as we get to it later, but. Um, oh. <laughs> Donald Sutherland to me was the one I heard he was playing Snow and I was like, "Oh, I'm a bit excited now." Yeah. <laughs> but the idea that, and and he's, not he's only that, perfect for it. I was I was I was surprised when I heard they they managed to like snag Donald Sutherland. I thought, oh, for some reason I wouldn't have thought he'd be willing yeah, to do that." Classing up the joint. He yeah, uh, and I was concerned that I was like he could he could be awesome or he could phone it in depending on why he took this. Apparently, he specifically he sought it out. He, sought it out. he yeah. lobbied for this role. Really? Wow. Yeah, and so so he really do you know why connected with it? Um, apparently, like, like his grandkid like the books for a deal or what? No, apparently he read the um he read the script apparently like by accident. Like no <laughs> one sent it to him. He just saw it and he read it, and he thought it were uh, according to you know the trivia and stuff. It reminded him of uh, the Kubrick film Paths to Glory. Mm-hmm. And he was glory. yeah, or Paths to Glory, and and he went oh I have to be part of this, and obviously the the role for him was snow and so he 
like wrote the director an email passionately saying, look, this is why I really want to do this role. And so they not only put him in the movie as Snow, but they expanded the role of President Snow because they're like, we fucking, we landed Donald <laughs> Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. <laughs> By accident, we have to, we People have to use think him. We made a mistake if we don't use him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Jumping into a technical world, this is a, this is the one effect sequence that doesn't quite come off. And a lot of people have pointed this out that uh, this is so the fire, not just the fire, but the whole set, the whole scene. Yeah, is you know, it, it's some of the shots are fine, like some of these shots are fine, but the those tracking shots, boy, the some yeah. of them, oh, yeah. is off. The, the uh, and the fire is you know, well, the well, fire they're, supposed they're, to be, they're, the they're, they're playing it really. Fast the fire is supposed to be cheesy, simulated, yeah. whatever, which but is they're, a, they're its own problem. Really but. fast and loose with what they're doing with depth of field here. Yeah, they're doing fake depth of field. That's that's. I mean, you do that a lot anyway, but the green screen shoot was shot with certain lenses, and they're not using the same sort of lenses yeah. to emulate the depth, the depth of field, field that you is get. what ruins it. So you should be seeing a different actual person on the screen when you see that massively bokeh background. Yeah. But you're not, so it just looks like a bad Photoshop. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, it, it feels... Well, well, part of it is when you... A lot of times, if you throw that much depth of field on, you don't get a sense of depth. It's just... There's no sense of fall-off. It's just everything is out of focus. Yep, that's at, right. At, past a certain, you know, plane. Um they also they also shot this on a very i mean obviously comparatively but but even for what you would think they shot this at in a very limited space for the 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 actual green screen shoot um because they shot a lot of this on location in North Carolina and they were shooting they shot a lot of the green screen stuff like just in a warehouse in North Carolina they didn't have a big old yeah. green screen it it feels but, like they just didn't have the space to yeah. to get the right to get the just shots distances yeah. on the on the on the elements well they could have just i mean it's it's a lens thing i mean the, it looks like all of the actual foreground assets have been shot with an infinite length lens and then you just see this and then there's suddenly a drop yeah whereas opposed to well, that's what i'm talking know, about they, they they clearly had a set with extras cheering and they had a small you know a little bleacher set up but they were but they didn't get, they couldn't get far enough away from it to get the right oh no i, I mean for that. like the like sort of the tight close-ups on them on the thing when they're coming in and you just see this massively yeah. Blurred out background. Oh, there you that, go. They just had five match shots in two seconds. Yeah, yeah really. Just, yeah. There you go, art department. But that kind of thing they could have shot with a, a camera with a much more shallow depth of field. So even by the time you get from their nose to their hair, you're starting to feel it. And then the background feels like, oh, yeah, it's far away, so it's blurry. But yeah. you see the perfectly everything about them totally clear. And then the background is totally blown out. And yeah, well, it, well, it just doesn't It doesn't quite cue right. We, we, can, we, can, we should point out that this is effectively in independent film like this wasn't funded by one of the big six and it for for everything that's here the budget was only 80 million or so and it was less until they they started doing screenings and and they saw the response to the trailer and stuff and they're like oh this is gonna be huge no more money make it bigger oh Um, so a lot of this money is just in the posts is that, is that what you're saying? There, or, there was they they started they reshoots. They, I think they did some reshoots and stuff, but they 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 put more money into it once they realized that it was going to be big. Hey, she's got the television from uh, the, the screenery curtain from Back to the Future too. <laughs> nice, it really is the future. McFly and uh, Demolition Man, isn't it? Didn't and Star they? Trek, yeah, and everything, yeah, and Sunshine. Why, why don't we have like? We have a lot of other things, but we don't actually just have scenery channels anymore. Or anymore. I heard a great story on NPR the other day. No, we never did. I don't know why I said anymore. There was a great story on uh, (laughs) on NPR the other day about this guy. We have fireplace channels. That's true. That's true. We do have fireplace channels. About this guy who had an idea for a channel that would be nothing but 
video of puppies playing with each other all the time huh. and like relaxing instrumental music. Yep. And he brought it out to all of the major broadcast companies. He brought it to Ted Turner and to Rupert Murdoch and he made a pitch for it. And everyone was, everyone that they focused it on, they did tests, loved it. But none of the actual places wanted to buy it. And this happened like five or six years ago. And uh, the story came out the other day and it was so funny because they ended up getting um, a million emails like, I would watch that channel. Yeah. Dude, make it a premium channel like HBO. <laughs> Just yeah, really. something you buy into, trust me. People people pay 10 bucks a month for that. Anyway, this sequence is what do you think about the sequence? Where they're training and focusing on their individual skills and blah 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 blah. I'm assuming it's more interesting in the book. It feels sort of like a, yeah, we all know that we all know what's going on here. Let's just get through it sort of thing in the movie. I, I like the, the... Pretty much the same in the book. Really? I like the tonal jack and... Yeah. yeah the, back the, book and is, forth. the book is very cursory about a lot of things. Yeah. The book is actually underwritten in a lot of ways, yeah. which is probably yeah. maybe a strength. Yeah. Because that's, that's why you can it, it allows you to fast. fill in the blanks yourself yeah. and... I like the the jerk back and forth between kind of the pageantry and that's the, the that's an interesting sorry that's an interesting foreshadowing because she's the one who eats the wrong berries later and kills herself. Oh, good call. And yet she's sitting there like so identifying the, the yeah, yeah. But sorry, you were saying I just the 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 jerk back and forth between hey we're we're in this parade and there's pageantry and everybody loves us and we're we're celebrities now and that's awesome to the back to the harsh reality uh to the uh like oh yeah this sucks i forgot like the the way they pull the characters back and forth over and over again between oh we went through this horrible third reich dmz thing and now we are celebrities and now we're back to like this death squad training like the way it goes back and forth is very nice in the way it keeps jerking you emotionally yeah like you're the, and, and- both the characters and us as the audience as well like this is Wait, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be feeling right. about having to participate in this whole fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to think about just in the sense of, I mean, that's what, again, on a, on a lesser level, that that's what the Jersey Shore is. It's like we're, these people are being celebrated, but we're celebrating their imminent self-destruction, yeah. ultimately. Right. Like, it's, that's what we're re- making them celebrities and for. I think so. even more so, this is American Idol with knives. I mean, this, yeah. this is exactly what you go through on American Idol. It's like, yesterday you were nobody, now you're a celebrity, we're going to surround you with a team of people who are going to completely change who you are right. and pretend this is the real you, but it's not. We're inventing it for the sake of the audience. And uh, and then once you're out in in in, in this in this uh, venue, you're dead. When you're off American Idol, it's like okay, go back to your wretched life now. No. You know, but the only we have no but, further use but for all, you. All of these analogies sort of fall apart for me because they work when you're talking about the audience of American Idol, but they don't work when you're talking about the contestants because in all of those cases, Jersey Shore, American Idol, what have you, they're all voluntary, and this isn't. Right. These are people that are getting drafted into being on American Idol. It's true. It's true. And the but, audience but is being there's you know, sh- the, the audience allegory totally works. Right. But that's the what actual I'm saying. Person it, that, it's a commentary on the people who watch this. In, in that aspect, it's a commentary on the people who watch things like this more than that, this. This bugs me. Little moments like this, where the the movie is almost willing to have s- subtext or just reference something, but then it has to be really specific. Like he's saying, "Oh, my mom said, you know, District Twelve might finally have a winner." She wasn't talking about me. I'm like, "Cut away! Don't." Yeah. She was yeah. talking about you. Oh, great! Oh, there's yeah. only two tributes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was we, one. We could do the math. That, that's, that, was a case of, that was a case of one line too many. That was yeah. just like, okay, no, we got it. From, we got it already. You don't yeah. have to nail it. And there's a, there's a few of those where I'm going, oh, it was so close to hey, just being. Someone nice. who read the book, explain to me the significance of this because oh. from what I can understand, she didn't go home because it was raining, and then he threw a piece of 
bread on the. She's nut. conveniently starving on his doorstep. That's yeah. that's yeah. unfortunate and staging. And so and, he, and the, the way she's positioned doesn't really convey that. Yeah. In the book, she's literally like she cannot stand because she is starving and has no strength to stand yeah. up. And and so basically, in the in the book, it's more meaningful because she, he basically he he burns some bread and he he gets you know uh, he he has to throw it out and like he gets you know beat up by his dad for for burning the bread and stuff like that and so he has to throw it out so he throws it out to her and then you find out later that he deliberately burned the bread so he would have to throw it out so he could give it why was she starving just because everyone starves all the time uh she couldn't afford she couldn't afford to buy bread at the time um and uh although it, it is it is harmed a little bit in the way it's staged, number one, because he's she's starving on his doorstep. Number two, he thro- he seems to be throwing perfectly good bread to the pigs. Yeah, it doesn't read that and it's then, burned and too then well. And then he sees and then he sees her. And he didn't throw it to her; he threw it in the ground. Yeah. Which to me, I thought he saw her and said and, and decided that it wasn't a bad thing that she might eat this bread, but he wasn't throwing it to her. Yeah, that's a it, bit- was, it. Was more like you're taking out your trash and you notice the hobo that has the cart full of yeah, cans. That, like, that but, is- but you don't you don't. You don't hand it to him; you throw it at him. Yeah. But you throw it like halfway between you. Yeah, into the into the mud. But but that is again something. Oh, this kind man. You are you are. Yeah. That that is something I feel like Mamet would have appreciated the way that was constructed because he's not. He's also about uninflected shots, just yeah. putting shots one after an, another, and it's their juxtaposition that creates context. Um, whereas. The the problem we're having is the juxtaposition. If you haven't read the books, if you've read the books, you're like, oh, it was that scene. That's great. If you haven't, you're going, wait, it was her face, then his face, then oh, bread. God, the on painting. the ground. Yeah, this is about a the painting. Little bit. It's it's not a bad idea, but they it, the way they visualize it, it's a bit a bit silly. Um, this is this is okay. It's the, it's the gag later where they pay it off with the face. Where it's like, dude, you picked the worst possible place to elaborately hide yourself. Yeah, where everyone could step on you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just I don't think cake decorating translates to <laughs> full on shape shifting. Well, my question level. is, I bet it does, but I don't know how. District Twelve has that fancy a cake decorating yeah. gig to be uh, yeah. to be to have. Who is yeah, the who's, client? Who's buying those yeah, cakes? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh well, to be fair, do he, they ship them to the capital. Often they probably, I, I believe they do. They ship a lot of their stuff to the capital, so it may be that they they outsource their cake decorating. Yeah, why not? Okay. Hey, I, okay. There's hey man, there's number seventeen somebody. of comments we could be making here. <laughs> You can pay somebody in District Twelve, you know, thirty cents on the dollar. By the way, I just as a general thing, people these especially the tributes at least, they are way too casual about eating. Like it's a movie it's called yeah. The Hunger Games and they've supposedly yeah. been starving oh my God. their entire lives. I was just asking why was she starving? I don't get the starving thing. It's called The Hunger Games. There's no hunger in this movie. Yeah. There, they, there's, 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 there is uh, they, they they talk about it but they don't show it much. Yeah. The idea that well, you know, food is not in the arena, you have to deal with that. She's she's got the advantage because we don't see her starve because she can deal with it. She can kill squirrels and yeah. whatnot. But uh, but that's part of the reason is they say some of you will die of exposure, some of you die of starvation. Um because you literally just not can't feed well, yourself. The, the more important thing is, and this is worth this is worth uh, explaining for you and anyone who's listening who hasn't necessarily read the books, because I do not think it's very well explained in the movie. Um, which is that the the capital basically deliberately starves the districts, yeah. like it gives them just enough to kind of survive, but they're still they're still right on the edge. And so the whole thing about the Hunger Games is you have to play, like people, you know, you have to give a tribute and stuff like that, but. The tribute who wins gets a yeah. j- just a, a feast every day for and the, their and district. the district gets a food yeah. bump as yeah. well a giant food you basically bump. win the lottery for your entire yeah. district. you win the lottery for your district for the year of food like.
Like you're not going to go hungry for that year. And um, another thing that's uh, referenced, but not really clearly, but it's okay because they they you, it's not really necessary. Is you can put your name in multiple times. It increases the odds of you being selected, but. If you're selected, then your family gets no. You, you can you can you can selected. cash it in. So you can cash it in for extra food, but that means you have to put your name in more. Okay, yeah. that's, okay. that's right. how, that's it's, it's credit. It's basically. a form of right, currency yeah. to it's, risk it's your life. A, it's a credit card, basically. Right. You're going. I'm gonna. I'm, you're gonna go into debt on. I really need some bread. I'll put in my yeah. name again. But they and they and they explain that at the very beginning when she talks when she goes to that fence and hunts because that's illegal. The, the districts yeah. literally can't. Go off the and, reservation and, and she says it to, she says it to Prim briefly in a, in a nice way of <coughs> saying that says, that exists without yeah. spelling it out. Don't going, put, yeah, your, don't name put in. your name in multiple times; it's not worth the risk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sell cheese from your goat and all that kind of stuff. So, so the idea is that the the districts are so under the thumb of the capital city that it's literally illegal for them to even try and better themselves and fend for themselves. Yeah. they okay. have to they have to live according to the rules. Okay, now explain the sponsors to me because I know that some people are watching, and then if they want, they can buy them a month of Reddit gold or something. Basically, it's yes, basically, yeah. yeah. But Reddit what are these guys? They're the they're the they are the, the, are the judges watching. Oh, are uh, they, well, are no, they no, the- no, 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 no. They're not. It said sponsors in the captioning, but that's actually wrong. These guys are, are what are called the game makers. They're the ones who basically set the odds. They're the they're the ones who say fifty to oh, one odds this chick gets through. And and so you you the the sponsors look at that and go okay that one is worth sponsoring because she's more likely to to get through and there's you know there's more more reason to kind of invest in that one but it must cost like an inordinately large amount of money to watch the show and then really want to help that one so you send her some food and band-aids well that's why that's why only in the capital in the capital it's the wealthy people you 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 are are um going after wealthy sponsors which is kind of a political allegory because it's these people are are fighting for their you you know you gotta go to the super i'm just thinking in terms of if there's you know 30 million people watching this and she got like one special package the whole time what's the arbitrator that what's what's arbitrating how few she got it seems like what's arbitrating how few she got is who likes her only basically, one person. Basically, well, well basically, the only one person with the money. Yeah. So it is a money thing. Basically, it's really expensive. Yeah. It's, it's very expensive. It's yeah. very expensive. So you have to get the wealthy people to like you. You have to put on a good yeah, show the, because then they're going to want to. They're they're going to want to continue seeing you. It's basically again like American Idol. It's like yeah. those are you're you're courting the votes so that they vote to yeah. to keep you on and and do what it takes. And to they don't talk on. about. They don't go into it here, but it's certainly implied. It's not like. Joe Coal Miner in District 12 can support you because he doesn't have that kind of money. Right. Which there's there's actually a bit in the book which was cut out of the the movie for probably for time and stuff and it's not necessary but it was nice. So she helps out Rue which she's not you know you're not really supposed to do you're all supposed to be trying to kill each other but she helps out Rue and she shows Rue respect by by burying her and stuff like that. So at at some point when she's starving District 11 Rue's district sends her a sponsor package. And it's a huge deal because all of the districts are poor. So she, so she understands. Yeah. It takes the entire district it to takes be able the, to yeah, afford it. But it seems like what they should do on an, you know District Six or someone should institute some sort of a tax system so that every time the Hunger Games happen, they can throw their guy as much as possible so that they don't starve next year. They can't. Well, they can't really afford that. But That's I mean, like, if you can, none of the districts. Like, can. No, but I mean, like, if District Eleven just pulled it together randomly, I mean, like, take a, a small tax over the course of the entire year just to basically say. 
say, oh shit, we need to you know spend some money to get ourselves. Well, there's really no, there's practically nothing to tax. Is the thing is yeah. that's the difficulty. Yeah, the part. idea is that they're so close to the edge all the time because of the policies yeah. of the capital. And so the fact the, that they the were idea. the fact that they were willing, being as on the edge as they are, and being that she's not even their their uh, um, tribute, the fact that District Eleven did that was a huge deal for her, and is all it knows also part of what contributes to. Um, you know, igniting the the spark of of all of the uh, districts starting yeah. to rally behind. Her. And again, this, it's foreshadowing for that. The, the idea of it, this is this is purely an entertainment for rich people. You know, the yeah. the, the the districts. It's not supposed to be a fair fight or anything like that. You know, it's all manipulated and it's all meant to be. You know, fun and and the fun for the rich people is like, oh, I'm going to sponsor the poor child. You know, I'm going to send her a thing. You know, and I'm going to feel good about myself and yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> PGO for just twenty five dollars. Exactly, you can sponsor a poor a poor tribute. Um, as PGO Rourke once talked about, um, the America's Cup. Like the America's Cup is the ultimate douchebag sport because you have to be phenomenally wealthy to be able to go watch it. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, it's that kind of thing. It's the <clears throat> it's 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 only for the elites. You know, the Hunger Games is entertainment for the elites, yeah. <laughs> and everyone else pretends they're entertained because they got a gun. To yeah, everyone else watches it just to you know hope their kid doesn't die. Yeah. How do you feel about um, the aspect of oh, Katniss isn't likable and nobody's going to like her unless she makes a real effort? First of all, do you remember that being a, a quality from the book that was explicitly spelled out? Because I She's, don't really. She, well, I there do. was there was I that do. aspect in the book, but it was more something that she felt about herself. Yeah. Okay. Versus what it, other people are. Yeah. It it was, versus what's happening in the movie, which is other people telling her, "Listen, sweetie, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta wear a smile on your face. Yeah. Which I didn't really buy at the time, and only I buy even less now. Now that Jennifer Lawrence is the thing that she is, mm-hmm. like. Everybody loves Jennifer Lawrence. Nobody <laughs> yeah, exactly. can possibly. That, that's not. the hurdle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How could Jennifer Lawrence possibly be unlikable? Yeah. In the book, as I, as I recall, and that, it could be tainted because I read the book after seeing the movie. But the the character does seem less sympathetic in the book. I mean, she is a little more down and dirty, and a little more, you know. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not really that good a person, and everyone I think says she I'm a good person. Is less sympathetic in the book, quite frankly. That's, that's yeah. what I just said. Yeah. So, so it makes more sense in the book for you know her to be like literally be the underdog that yeah. no one's going to like and no one's going to sponsor, and she literally only has to by by showing that she's such a great competitor, you know, is how she gains gains the sponsorships. Yeah. I I I do like. I, I like the fact that they expanded the role of Snow and that they show as they as they do later they show the uh, the game center and they show the announcements and stuff. It's it's a really good way to to get across some extra yeah. information. There's, there's that one one of those scenes too get. few, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. There, there's right. one that there's one missing at the end that was uh, I think was pretty critical and should have been there. Yeah, because the books are you know first person from Katniss's point of view, which I really think is just. Too limiting, and thankfully they Way broke out. Limiting. They broke out of that as much as they could, or at least somewhat in the movies, but still not enough. Because the whole often the most interesting things happening, she's not there for. Yeah, so she only finds out about it afterwards, which is a huge problem with the second book, in my yeah. opinion, which we'll get to. And the but. and the third, but but because the third as well, but really like the, yeah. that aspect destroyed the second book for yeah. me and made but me despise it. All of the most all of the most interesting stuff is happening outside of her range yeah. of knowledge, and so all of the interest and all the tension yeah. is reduced later to like, oh, well, it's already happened and here's what went on. Right. The wall of Tucci's. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, we need five shots, different shots of him Tucci-ing yeah. <laughs> to put on the monitors. 
There's a video. I don't know if I've talked about this on the air before, but I there. would watch. I have to say, I I would watch the this show, the show that he hosts. I totally would watch. I would I watch punch Stanley everyone in the face. Anything. Yeah, but I found there was a a particular video series on some YouTube channel, like some magazine's YouTube channel, where they have some famous cook come in, and then a famous person comes in, and they cook a meal together while they're talking about the latest movie or whatever. It's like a half an hour thing. They have a glass of wine, and they talk in the kitchen, and and Tucci came on, and he brought like a bag that he had gotten on the way there. Like clearly, it's the sort of thing where we've decided in advance that we can both eat you know this kind of pasta so we'll prepare and we'll bring pasta stuff and tucci apparently said no no, no let me bring some stuff i got an idea and he comes with a bag and he like slaps out a fish <laughs> and like some noodles and like a clementine and a bottle of olive oil and he's like all right i got an idea we do this at my house and it's taken me a while to get this recipe down but it's going to be great and he just like does this entire thing while being charming fucking stanley tucci the whole time drinking and having funny anecdotes and then at the end of the time the cook like this professional like emerald type you know chef guy goes jesus dude this is really good <laughs> so stanley tucci can get you know solicited to come on to some stupid youtube cooking show bring his own shit use his own recipe while being charming and at the end of the day he made something that was as good as they would have made anyway that's stanley tucci in a nutshell man yeah, i think that stanley tucci should be our new vin diesel <laughs> i think he'd use oh, it better too you mean in terms of vin diesel stanley tucci is so awesome yeah, that he, yeah. you know what's behind he, stanley tucci's charm more charm He's the most interesting Tucci in the world. Yeah, and and he's. I'm really glad that they got him for this character, Caesar Flickerman. 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 Caesar Flickerman, because he Flickerman becomes huh. a more a more important character as the as the uh, the story goes on because he is he is one of the characters, and you don't you don't see it too much in in the the movie here, but he is one of the characters who underneath it all understands that this is wrong really deeply yeah. fucked up he he has an understanding that this is deeply fucked up he does tucci it's uh, yeah and he there's nothing he can do about it he knows that there's nothing he can do about it so the <laughs> so what he the best he can do is try to make it easy on the kids that's why he <laughs> is the, the liberal on fox news yeah exactly <laughs> and Stanley the tucci is alan combs in the chat yeah. room ben says that apparently uh his mom and dad the Tucci's have released their own cookbook. Like he's been learning it. His <laughs> well, whole that's life. The, one of his, his his independent movies that he made is is the Big Night, which is about cooking, create you know, making the ultimate meal at a at a restaurant and having a big uh, yeah. big thing. Anyway, Tucci, he's got hobbies, man. He rolls deep. <laughs> I, this aspect of of the character is a little bit like Jennifer Lawrence in the sense that she's just saying. She's being honest, and it's yeah. kind of awesome. She gave the same interview after the Oscars. Uh, <laughs> exactly. What? Deer in the headlights, huh? What's going on? I met, ja I met Jack Nicholson just now. That was awesome. She should, uh, if only we had known, we could have staged a scene where she tripped on the stairs leading up to yeah. the stage. Yeah, really. Oh man, what a moment that was! <laughs> I've already seen. Uh, I've already seen people say, "Oh, Jennifer Lawrence, you know that that's so that phony tripping on the way up the Oscar stage." Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Now this, uh, there's a there's a thing here. This is a small moment that ties into one of my few, probably one of my biggest quibbles about the world building here, um, and that's and that's jumping all the way to the end with the. It's mostly the dogs. Nah, -huh. um, but it's they're you know, the biggest problem in it, the book for it, me. Yeah, too. it starts well the, at least, but uh, the way they're visualized in the movie isn't much better, really. Yeah. But the uh, this is okay. We live in this world where. Clearly, because it's how the entire games works, there is some pretty weird holodeck technology that's readily available. Yeah, I didn't know until the end that oh my god, they're in a dome the whole time. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 the Truman Show is the whole thing, and then and and this virtual reality, but virtual reality that can tear you apart. Yeah, so it's it's actual holodeck stuff. Well, I don't I don't, I don't think that 
I don't think the dogs are actually holograms. Like it's not clear, but I think those are. You real see them literally are, materialize in, um, in the shots. They they well it's, they they come out of the ground. But with, I think well, but the whole thing about how but the way it's set up is wrong. I mean, I it's, it's the setup is where they look. I've made this. I've got this virtual reality dog, and he goes, "Well, that's great. Put it in the middle, and then and then make them appear at will." Right. Is how it's staged. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would I would be much happier if they just said release the fucking dogs. Yes. And they had mutant dogs. That'd be fine. But they really do imply, and also the forest fire is implied like. You know, it's not real. They a button. Yeah, it's not a real forest fire. It's some kind of virtual thing. Um, and it's, which again is like, well, that's a pretty startling advance in technology that, again, I would say you would think you would see that reflected throughout the city where, you know, as opposed to, oh, look, a window that looks like a forest. I mean, you would have the forest if you could, if that technology was available to That's rich true. people. But, but that ties into this whole thing about how, ooh, we're so impressed because your dress looks like it's on fire. When we live in this world where we can make dogs appear at will, <laughs> you know, oh, our dress is on fire. That's so awesome. It's like, that's so last season, I would think would be more the reaction. Yeah. In the, well, in the, uh they they visualized it differently here, which it it probably makes more sense. They probably read the book and went, "What? I don't know. I don't I have no idea." Because the <laughs> the whole the the way that the dress was before was it was just encrusted with gems. So when she moved, it caught it, the light and yeah. it looked like she was on fire. And that was a very interesting. Oh, so she sparkles. Yeah, yeah. she spar- she sparkles, but in a really fascinating way. And Her like dress I, was bedazzled. Yeah, and yeah. like I say, oh, I'm saying she's a vampire. <laughs> and like Ooh. I say, you you read that on the page, and it's like, wow, that seems cool. And then you try and go for it, and it's like, so she's just in a glittery dress. That's not going to impress anybody. Someone get trap code. Yeah, yeah, really. They have trap code in Capital City. We need yeah. lots of star filters. Those bokas are cool. I like how they. It's basically just blurred enough so that they're all touching. Ooh, cool. I like them. <laughs> By the way, there's a there's a you know thirty dollar word for you kids if you don't know it. Boca. B O K. E-H is the resulting sort of sphere or sometimes it's a hexagon or another another shape that happens when you throw the focus. What's happening in the deep background with those lights yeah. is creating focus. Yeah. And you can tell if a movie is anamorphic sometimes by the shape of them. Yeah, the shape of because it. Because they, be perf- they should be equal, equally round or equally hexagonal or whatever, but sometimes they'll squish when they're anamorphic. Yeah, if they're squished, if they're squished so they're taller, they're taller vertically than horizontally, then, then you know you're looking at something shot anamorphically. But uh, yeah, the shape, the shape can be affected by the shape of the iris, the, the, the number of blades in the iris of the camera, and it can also actually be affected by what you put in front of the of the camera. Oh, I guess it could. Yeah, it makes well. sense. Yeah. So um, sometimes you'll see square bokeh or, for example, Scott Pilgrim um, <laughs> had hearts. heart-shaped bokeh, which you can totally do in camera. Actually, I can think of an example of one of the off-shaped bokehs from a matte box because I had never put this together before, but okay, it's obscure. Go with me. The movie The Sandlot has a sequence where it's in the summer and you're listening to Ray Charles sing uh, America the Beautiful or something. It's one of those sort of things and you're watching like, you know, the family, all the families in the neighborhood are having a big picnic out in the cul-de-sac and there's some Roman candles over there and they're having this whole thing and you see the fireworks going off and they have these really odd-shaped bokas and what i'm realizing now is that they were anamorphic and then there was a flap on the bottom that was cutting it off so it was basically flat on the bottom with this egg shape coming out of the top you actually see that a lot yeah yeah, yeah. and that's that's totally what it would be it was it's an anamorphic bokeh that had you know a, the, the flap <laughs> yeah i love the way she just throws him against yeah. the wall yeah that's you love me you're dead yeah <laughs> she grabs him by the shoulder and just yeah <laughs> just I, dated, I dated her that's they, why, that's why <laughs> that's why she's gonna win they uh Peter actually gets a lot more messed up in the book than he does in the movie too. Like right here when she does that in the book, he like trips and falls and cuts his hand open oh, and then yeah. yeah, she half kills him before the show yeah. started. And see here's another this is another perfect example of it kind of hitting around the edges of 
some great thematic material yeah. in Everlanding Square. This whole idea of like, okay, we we're in a big story unwillingly. We're being forced to take part in this horrible story. So we're, now we're going to tell this story inside the story to help us with yeah. this larger story and it's all about the story you tell and the narrative you present to people and how it, you frame things exactly it's about the narrative i mean and, that's and having key. control over the narrative and you know uh, as you as a certain person not having control over the narrative and somebody over you having that control. yeah she said she she's <laughs> complaining is like he says he loves me blah, blah, blah. and and he outright says you know woody harrelson he goes it's a tv show yeah. <laughs> they have to love you yeah but but then but then goes the one step further in this world, you know. They have to love you so that they can give you something that might save your life. Like this is literally life and death. I just thought of a ninth allegory. This could all be <laughs> it could be um, the Hunger Games are the movie. The capital is James Cameron, and then oh. all the people are all the actors, and he's just bashing them against each other to see who survives and takes the job. Who he will then marry? Uh, don't you mean David Fincher? <laughs> Works for Fincher doesn't mash actors. Hey, Kubrick uh, was Kubrick was <laughs> Kubrick's like, not around anymore. Like that too. I just like to imagine that this is actually the elaborate process of James Cameron's casting. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that you, yeah, you know, these I'm, are just I'm, auditions for Avatar too. Is what you're I have to say, you I'm guys, sure Sam Worthington yeah. got through this. Just, you guys keep uh, you guys keep talking about how there should be more thematic, you know, heft to this movie, and I'm I'm I don't think there should be, and I think um, I think it's a reflection of. It's it's YA roots, which is you know yeah. what's, oh, what's you're, you're right in that. What is the function of a of a YA novel? Yes, you're right. The world sucks, but if you're tough and strong, you can survive it. You know, a 15 year old doesn't care about the political system, so that's that's where it comes from. So I some 15 year olds do. In the end, yeah, but just but, they, but you know, have, you ever, have you ever talked to one? The um, I kind of was one. <laughs> yeah, that that was great for you, I'm sure. So the you know, it's in the end, this is a story about this girl lives in this messed up society and you know she does a thing and survives it that's that's the story um it touches on these things i i don't i didn't feel like oh they should have really gotten into you know the monetary system of this world or anything like that i don't think that's what we're saying i wanted to i i, I would like this that to was be, that was an allegory yeah uh -huh. i would like this to be more like nineteen. you're saying it should be more about the world and I, I think it's as much about the world as it should be when it's a story about jennifer lawrence shooting arrows at people that's what this movie is uh -huh. about no I, uh, no what i'm saying is that it should have some clearer idea of what Specifically, it's saying about whatever it and the to and be I'm about. saying it has a clear idea that it's not saying anything about the world other than presenting it. Yes, it's it's, it's true. It's not the movie didn't set out to tell you that Mitt Romney was a bad guy and Obama should be the president or vice versa. It's saying this is the world this girl lives in. Let's watch her deal with it. That's you know it's not it's not editorializing one way or the other or, or you know and that's. It chose not to, and I, I for one, am not perturbed by that. I think that's that was probably the best choice because didn't you say that effectively? The more we get into it in the later books, the weaker the system gets because it gets more into the whole political structure and and well, it gets it gets her more, actually becoming part of the political system and interacting with the president and and uh, well, it works less successfully. It's then. just yeah, it's just not well done. But I'm not I'm not necessarily saying I want more details about. I, I want them to get into the minutia. That's not what I'm saying, personally. What, what I'm saying personally is I want this to be like 1984, like I'm saying. You look at 1984 and you go, that is, t that is presenting a world and people in it, and I know what it's saying about us as well. Whereas this one, I don't understand what it's saying about us, which means that Okay, it's entertaining and it's fun, but it's also a missed opportunity. It, yeah, it's also that, eventually, eventually, we're going to move on from it. Whereas 1984, we're still talking about, and is still a valid commentary on the world, and still a valid uh, uh, cautionary tale about 
about the the way that that power and and information work. Hold on, I was just signing up for Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I you know yes. And thank God they didn't waste any time on that. Is my okay. is my take on it? Yeah. Again, you gave Judge Dredd the same pass. You know, it's like, look, this just day in the life of this fucked up world. Sure, but there's I, more. I think, I I think, think there's I, more here that you could do something yeah, with. That, that's the thing is there's so much. If it didn't hit around the edges of these ideas, and it was just what you're saying that you see it as. That it's would just, be one it's just an opportunity that that yeah. I see. And there's, there's I get that these, I get that you're bothered, and I'm just saying that not all of us in the room are. I sure, think fair enough. But there are all these thematic opportunities that it's landing right next to without ever. I'm sure thinking quite, about any quite of clearly a lot of a lot of people aren't bothered by the fact that it didn't because it's <laughs> yeah. a huge series. It's a huge hit. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, 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 life is like a sewer. You get out of it what you put into it. Ma'am. So um, hey, look, a master shot, another master shot. Holy shit. Gary Ross, you're out of control. We should mention him by name, Gary Ross, no. um, the man directed this movie. Um, and now a- the, the sequel is being directed by the fellow who did Constantine. Yeah, that's so, right, Francis oh, Lawrence, yay. which I'm very excited about. Good, good, Gary, good. Gary Ross is, uh, uh, was an interesting choice. Um, it it kind of suggests to me that it proves this was an independent film and not a studio film because he's totally the wrong choice. He directed Secretariat. <laughs> he didn't have a, he doesn't have a track record of making this kind of movie at all. Um, I think uh, Pleasantville, I think, was his other movie. He doesn't direct that, that's right, yeah. that many movies. Um, well, so what you're saying is we almost could have had Tobey Maguire in this movie. Yeah. yeah, this could have been a Sam Raimi film or Thank something. Thank God for wow. small Oh, my God. Imagine, yeah, exactly. The Sam Raimi version of this movie would have been... Actually, well, it would have... I'm gonna I'm gonna go again like I always do. Really, just any movie. I'm like, you know what? I would have watched the Terry Gilliam version of yeah. this movie. That would <laughs> the Terry been... Gilliam version. You want someone that would get into the, the yeah. allegory of that? Yeah, exactly. Terry, Terry would have gone there. Terry would have gone there for you. I read a great thing with Oz the Great and Powerful just to jump out completely. I read a great review of Oz the Great and Powerful and said. Uh, you know, Sam Raimi's the perfect choice to direct Oz the Great and Powerful because it's an allegory for his career. He's a huckster that everyone thinks can do magical things. <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically shooting his uh, it's his autobiography, and that's why he's the perfect choice. That's awesome. like, ow, burn. It works for me because, you know, I, I still haven't seen the sort of seminal Sam Raimi stuff. I've only seen the stuff he's done since getting, like, Army of Darkness and all those things. But I, well, Army of Darkness is the seminal. Yeah, yeah I know. Spider-Man but, is the, who is that guy? Yeah, but I'm, I, everything I've seen from Sam Sam Raimi has always been like, I really don't get it. I guess people are just giving him a lot of credit for a movie they really liked a long time ago, but I haven't really seen him put together a movie that worked for me. Yeah, no. Basically, I mean, is, I he, mean, is he like Kevin Smith? I mean, is it one of those things where like everyone liked what he did 15 years ago and we just love him people, still? But people don't like the Spider-Man movies because they're Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. It's not, it's not any kind of cult of personality about some yeah, people. Yeah, but, say, you know, Army of Darkness was seen by six people. You know, yeah. that, that wasn't the audience what, that turned out for Spider-Man. It's, it's not people like... It's not like a Kubrick fan club or a Fincher right. fan club or anything. It's just people love the Spider-Man movies and thought they were really good for some reason. And I don't know what that is about still, as we've talked about before. So now we're in the arena. We're in the dome. Oh, way to overexpose. And boy, our department boy. fell down on the cornucopia. Yeah. <laughs> that is one messed up cornucopia they have. <laughs> what the hell? Did you run out of money or what, what there happened there? There was a factoid about that on IMDb. Oh, yeah? I don't remember what it was. I saw it over Brian's <laughs> shoulder. Um, well, there's the factoid that I just read is that there's only actually 20 pedestals instead of the full 24 for some reason. <laughs> four of them died of dysentery. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they just didn't have the, the money trail. for just the way they were. Yeah, this movie couldn't afford four more pedestals. By the way, there's a, a guy here. Um, he's got a very distinctive face. I don't know if he's in this particular launch sequence, but he's uh, he's he's, he's a, a baby. Look, 
He's an older guy. Um, when I was in Dallas last weekend at, the, at a convention, um, he was signing autographs huh. uh, based off of his having two lines in the Hunger Games, um, which isn't ridiculous because I was signing autographs too based off of I don't even know what, <laughs> but they had me signing and autographs didn't even too. Have any lines in the Hunger exactly. Games? Exactly. So I'm, you know, I, I literally was signing. I was literally with Guy Fleekman. I was totally Guy Fleekman. I literally was signing autographs of a picture of me. As a non-speaking Tellerite on one episode of Enterprise, that's that's what I was signing autographs for, and people were buying them, so it's creeping me out. But the, I I was looking across the aisle, and there's that guy, and I was like, I've seen the Hunger Games, and I don't remember you. So I watched it last night, and it was like, yeah, he's in three or four shots of the Hunger Games. He's done other stuff too, but but that's why he was signing exactly. So finally, finally we get to the finally we get to the games. Seriously, I would pull a uh, the man was the six fingered man. Thing with this princess with this shit where it's like three, two, one, and then spin on your heel and sprint away. Yeah, just well, yeah, that's what that's head for the the woods. Death trap, death trap. You killed my father, prepared to die. Now here's run away. Talk about your subjective cutting. I mean, you know, there's some pretty god awful violence going on that the movie manages to get away with by showing it and not showing it. Um, There's no other way you could have done this and not had this movie be an R. So uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, finally we're into the part of the movie where this cutting style makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. that was it. I I really would have. I, I would have loved to see the R-rated version of this yeah, movie. Yeah, amazing. But uh, well, that be Battle Royale, I guess. Yeah, well, Battle Royale. Let's address that, by the way. It's, yeah, because uh, you, I've never seen Battle Royale, so I have no dog in that fight. So it's it's really superficial. It's it's yes, there's there's a bunch of kids on an island, and they're all set to like kill each other. But the other than that, the world developed here, and and all everything that that we've talked about is going on all of the things it hints at thematically and and the very sci-fi nature of it and stuff like that is completely different the interactions are are pretty much completely different um and it's you know it's a it's they're the same movie in the same way that Armageddon and Deep Impact are the same movie. Like, they're both about an asteroid, but that's about the, it. The one-sentence <laughs> description is the same. Other than that, yeah. they're entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I saw that – I like that TV show about the people who can't get off the island. Yeah. Is that Gilligan's Island or Lost I'm talking about? Brady Bunch. And so, so I <laughs> – That was a very special episode where they couldn't get out of Hawaii. So, so I do – I very much agree with – I can't remember who said it on Twitter. They were talking about the comparison with Battle Royale. They're like, yes, we get it. You saw a foreign movie and you're trying to show off. Just stop. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm aware of similarities between two plots. Yeah. Dig me. Carnage. Today's youth. <laughs> Endangered. <laughs> See, if talk to your kids. These yeah, children the need boundaries. Talk to your kids about the Hunger Games. If this was the Cannibal Games, there wouldn't have to be any hunger. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I, that's what I would, I like. I, I really like the. I thought they really nailed. And if there's any aspect of this movie that I would want to see more of, just because I I personally find it entertaining and fascinating, is is the fact that you know this is like the Super Bowl. This is like American Idol. This is like all these things, and it has a history, a 75 year history. Um, they they don't talk about it. I would as much as I would really would have enjoyed the whole idea of oh she gets a, she gets rated an eleven. Now the last time someone was rated an eleven, that was from District Seven, and you know the four, whole like history fourteen book. years ago. I, was like, I haven't seen an ending this amazing. So they, and they get into it a little bit. They talk about oh last year and the the rubble and wasn't that an amazing ending and all that kind of stuff. I dig that. I thought I really dig the the whole idea that not only 
you know, that there's a history of this, but there's also a history of the coverage of the entertainment of it. Yeah. The and, 76th annual Oscars. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was the, th- that was my third year hosting. And I, I was, oh, a memorable year. And right. all, cause that, and the fact that the movie does have that detail to it is I last is year, really man, great. James Franco and Anne Hathaway dropped the ball in the hunger game. Oh my God. Well, I remember you, of course, remember the controversial ending of, you know, seven years ago. Oh my God. And that stuff is fun that they do get into there's it. There's surely like DVD sets of previous exactly. years. Exactly. You know, they're selling, they should be selling DVD box sets of, you know, the last eight years, the, the best of, the best of the Hunger Games. Nothing but uh, kids slaughtering each other. That's the only thing that this thing actually lacks. I mean, they, they actually do cover a lot of the, like, we cut to camera A on Toby Jones and Stanley Tucci talking to the camera with, the, you know, the Chiron and everything. But we really do need just one, like, and the logo comes in and, and then, yeah. <laughs> welcome back to the Hunger Games. You know, like the tennis, the, the tennis the, open the, logo. Exactly. The robot. Monday Night Football or yes. something. <laughs> the little dancing robot. The, the, the logo for the Hunger Games would be so awesome, like, two silhouettes. Wets of kids with swords. <laughs> She's in a tree. By the way, um, just because I happened to be inspired to watch it again last night, if you if you if you probably you're aware, if not, check it out um, of the great YouTube channel called Bad Lip Reading, um, which normally does politicians, but they've they've now the elections are over, they've moved to movies, and their bad lip reading of the Hunger Games is particularly hysterical. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's actually it's actually worth checking out. It's quite something. They did. It, I think they've been doing it for a while because I'm pretty sure they've had Twilight ones. They so have a yeah. Twilight one. Yeah, yeah. there's a Twilight one and a few others, but I think they're of the movie ones. Yeah, the Twilight one was pretty hysterical too. So <laughs> I think the I think their movie one the best what is the hunger games that tree has a butt and you can look through it yeah that's a that's a pretty opportune camera considering all the trees in this place now yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. put this one in this one knot hole there's a there's a the implication couple of, must be that there are literally thousands yeah. of exactly which, which i'm okay with but the fact is like wow right there literally right there in that knot hole yeah. as opposed to considering the fact that parachutes can apparently be directed um i would think you'd have more things you know they would have more like sky balls you know they would have like little little floating cameras that yeah that, uh, that is if i remember <laughs> what they are in the book right the, i think i i don't think you're in the book they're never aware of the cameras okay. they, they know that they're there but they never see them. So there's a there's a couple of uh, shots that bug me later. I think it's in the forest fire scene where they're watching on the monitor, watching on a camera, which is very clearly a handheld camera running behind her. Right. <laughs> like you should have picked a different plate for that angle. I'm sorry. That's 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 not really I think working. I, actually, I listened to the um, uh, some of the effects guide um, episode on this and. Several of the – it may very well be the, some of the ones you're talking about. Several of these plates were not intended to be part of that sequence. And then they, they had to, like, call from elsewhere of her just running and just add fire to them because they didn't have the necessary <laughs> that's, that's stuff. The, for that's when Gary story. Ross's lack of shooting master shots bit them in the ass. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have one static shot of her running through the forest. Not one goddamn <laughs> shot. Um, actually, no, we don't have any. Fuck. Do they ever explain in the movie or in the book how big this area is? Um, it's big, but I don't think they give numbers or anything. But it's like two square miles or something like that? Or is they it just, than that? In the control room sequence, you saw the whole like hologram of the yeah, whole Yeah, I was thing. looking to yeah. see if there was a, like a scale or a legend or something, but I didn't see one. No, it's pretty sizable, though. I, I, I think it takes... I think they can walk for like a couple of days across it, at the very least. Yeah, so it's, it's they, large. They, they talk about how, you know, 
later on how two days have passed and you know no one's encountered each other. Well, that's another thing about the Hunger Games thing is if they're trying to indicate that you can die of starvation or infection, that takes a week or two, maybe three or four weeks, depending on which one. And you know you don't actually feel that. This feels like a really tense weekend. Yeah, the, the the one that really shocks me is when uh, after she gets uh, nailed by the tracker jackers and and Rue takes care of her. She says, "How long was I out?" And Rue says, two days." It's like, holy shit! <laughs> well, first of all, you'd have to pee, I think. But um, the whole idea of like what bugs me is like taking that to the next level. Is like, wait, they let you lie there for two days? Surely they would have done something to make the show more exciting. Yeah, because no one's died in two days. You know, the the, the ratings are going to tank. If, if she's out of the picture, what are the other kids doing? They're not killing each other. No one's dead in the. I guess, I guess two died in the interim. Rue does say that two more had died in that in the interim. So yeah, but I mean, I see what you're there's saying. The, there's the guy. There's the guy. who's across the. Uh, it must get really. I mean, the point of this is to be really enthralling, like hyper satiating television. Yeah. But it seems like it'd be the most boring show that ever. Like it's got to be like the Indy 500. You want to see when they, you know, green yeah. go and all the. You know, and then you just kind of want to leave because it's nine hours of cars and well, nothing really ever happens. Everyone sits there watching, though, don't they? Well, everyone sits there waiting for the crash. Well, yeah. That's it's like, cool. that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone yeah, wants that, to watch that first. Yeah, but this is a case where, you know, if you know that there's seven contestants left and they're all half a mile from each other, you know, you, you, can, yeah, go I can, make, take a nap. you can go make a sandwich, you know, because yeah. it's going to be a while. But, you know, I, I imagine that there'd be a pretty high rating and certainly a very high share when the actual, like, gong goes off and they're all attacking each other in front of the pedestals right. yeah. but then after that everyone's like it's like the well, it's first a- night of american idol when you see all the bad contestants i mean it's eat it, it. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, it's absolutely I, I, true. But I think the I think the parallel, the better parallel, is probably the Olympics. Everybody tunes in for the opening ceremony, yeah. and then you tune in for your favorite. The, no one know, watches highlights. the marathons. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody watches all twenty four hours or all whatever of. Yeah, the I think like week. one of the, the probably this shot was not the the cable specifically the cable cam shots were not meant for this sequence. They were they were uh, lifted from elsewhere. That guy was signing cool. autographs. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, he's had two lines already. But um, that drink. makes him a bigger star this, than me, and I was signing on. I, I think you're. I, I mean, you make a great point, Trey, because right now we are watching a scene where they're like, "She's too far away from the rest of them. Let's set everything on fire to yeah. drive them at the to, to drive her at them." And it ties back into the hologram thing. Is like, and what is actually happening? I mean, it's like. I if, they, if they're just like literally setting the forest on fire, well, why does it go out later? Why doesn't it, you know, consume the right. whole dome? I assume it's a. I, I assumed it was a Truman Show thing where they had that unusual amount of control. I, to, to my my interpretation of it is this is real fire, and they can turn it on and off like the backdraft atta- attraction at Universal Studios. Yeah. I guess so, but that's quite impressive. You know, yeah. but, the, but then you know Truman Show would do the same thing. So, yeah. but then, but then, but then, my question is: but then they have these what appear to be hologram dogs. So again, it's like, well, is this virtual reality? Is it real? What the I'll hell? Try, yeah, they they because of the convenience of wherever they could just pop up, like the. In the so yeah, there you go. Is the <laughs> yeah, yes, the, which handheld is, but, camera following yeah. her on a monitor. By the way, which was great. The, there's this handheld camera that was following her on the monitor, and then the very next shot was a stationary camera, not in a monitor <laughs> that she was running towards. Yeah. Well done. But uh, yeah, the dogs are the pr- particularly confounding <laughs> part of the whole yeah. thing. Now, now it's good that they made a change from how the dogs are described in the yeah. book, um, because that literally was like <laughs> in the book. I read that. I think I think you'd already mentioned that because we talked about it beforehand or something. But uh, the way the dogs are described in the book was literally like, okay, so you had a deadline, and you're like, what do the dogs look like? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This idea that it was not thought through. But um, I was I was literally I'm I'm reading the book, and that's the moment where I go, okay. Now you're just making stuff yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you're bullshitting me. I call bullshit on that. 
Uh, we should, we should go ahead and, oh, spoiler. Yeah, go ahead. It's not a spoiler. We just, it, it, it's, and they're, they're very underdescribed in general, but it says they have, the dogs have the faces of the, of dead, the tributes. dead tributes. It's yeah. unclear if they have the faces or just the so eyes like, yeah. of the dead tributes. And Silence and in it, the library. It's also very unclear whether they're somehow so like they've just been matches. given the faces or the eyes or whether they're somehow the reincarnated yeah, the, yeah. personalities yeah. or... Or maybe she's Whatever. just high. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I that was that was, that was just a weird one. choice. Stop it. No, you know, in yeah. the book. So you know, thank God they didn't even attempt to do that. Yeah. <laughs> good, good call movie for not even like whatever that means. Fuck it, we're not doing that. Much fun. well, they they there there is a concept art that you can see where they were doing. You know, they they took some of the, um, really? you know, some of these actors who who had died and and were like modeling half modeling <laughs> hybrid faces into the into the creatures and then they went no no fuck yeah. it <laughs> see <laughs> well, that doesn't actually know, work I mean, i'm sure you know we've all seen those tumblers and whatnots of you know uh, owners who look like their pets. Take that to the next. But I mean, I, I, the, and the to, 78, uh, 78 body snatchers nailed it. But yeah. uh, I don't know if you could do the whole sequence like that. And to to be fair, in the uh, <laughs> you know when you're when you're developing a movie like this, you go well. Let's try it. Let's try yeah. it. Do it. Let Absolutely. me see it. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no harm in I it. I think it'll yeah. look silly, but let's find out. Yeah. Oh, I was right. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, because sometimes you go, I think it'll look silly, but try it. And then someone awesome as a concept artist does it, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, we're doing it. it. Yeah. You, you magnificent bastard. Yeah. Now I have another um, logistical question here. Uh-huh. Because uh, this is always – I was curious about this. Like, okay, so there's an alliance. How does that play out? Yeah, same way it did on Survivor, probably. <laughs> I guess, but it's like, but but Survivor is like, Survivor. There are external forces that are removing people. This you get removed because you remove each other. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, once, so once they've hunted down the few stragglers, and there already aren't that many yeah. left, they'll start eating. Do they each immediately other. go? You know, turn on each other? No, or, yeah. I kill like the truck driver. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Pretty I mean, much. well, that's, that's that's. I mean, they've got the, the one kid back at the camp we see later, who's obviously he's like, just well, they're not killing me today, and that's all I'm going to settle for that. And he's the first one to go. His Twitter account get, is so boring. Exactly, they're not killing me today. Watching, watching the bomb, watching the. Explosives. Have you guys ever noticed that there are sometimes like red ladybugs, but then sometimes there's white ones? Got to go. Got to go. My next. <laughs> this whole Got to go. My next being broken. So, but I'm just kind of curious the how they, they they so automatically from even from competing districts hook up into this, you know, murder squad. But it's like, what was the negotiation on that was my question. Like, tell you what. <laughs> the, well, the, the, the mentality of, because the Cato is, you know, the, the alpha, you know, guy who's the, the favorite or whatever, the front runner. And the mentality of the other ones is very interesting to me. Like, well, I'm most likely going to die anyway. So I'm going to hook up with the, the, the front runner who's probably going to win for now. In the off chance that something good will break my way, but probably not, so I'm going to stand next to the guy who's probably going to kill me for the next week. Hey, I mean, worst case scenario, you learn something about them, so maybe you have, an, you have a kind of a... Well, that's yeah, the thing. Keep your I, friends close. I would like to say, I mean, especially PETA, because PETA, you know, they, they're all like... PETA clearly is like... They're just stringing them going along. along to get along to yeah. you know and and being a mole and uh, yeah as it turns out he's a, that's not made clear in the movie but he's he's doing it to be able to protect her essentially yeah, he's, yeah. but the idea is a couple there's a lot of missed opportunities yeah that, see yeah he's, <laughs> he's 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 running with them so that they're they're looking for her so he's like oh no I know where she is and or I know her and I can help you yeah. but but really secretly he's and then like, they then they using say them to help find her so he can and then they say that they she they're only keeping him alive long enough to find her and then they're gonna right right, right. Yeah, he knows that him. and they're not hiding that yeah. yeah a gentleman's agreement but that's why but that's why you know I would think like well 
PETA, certainly, but any one of these kids, it's like, you know, later when they're all sacked out, you know, waiting for a, a wasp nest to drop on them. <clears throat> it's like, well, if I was PETA, I'd, I'd go, they're all asleep. I'm going to stab as many of them in eight yeah. seconds as I possibly can. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you attempt that? Melee attack. But, you know, even if, if, as you were saying, if like, oh, he's the alpha, he's probably going to win. It's like, well, but now I'm in his little club. I can the take minute him out. he gets in front of me, I'm putting my spear in the back of his neck. You know, I'm, at I'm, two, Peter. Yeah, I'm ending this. So, well, yeah, which is perfectly you don't see valid. any sign of anyone doing that. Is, yeah. is so so the well, alliance perf- doesn't make sense to me. It's perfectly valid if if the group isn't already six, five, six people long, and the the guy next to you is going to immediately do that to you. Right. It's a whole prisoner's dilemma, pirates game thing. Yeah. Going on. Basically, basically, as soon as you as soon as you un. Open the the lid to that box. It's just it turns yeah. into the cornucopia again. So everyone's like, "All right, nobody kill anybody right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the it's the it's a Mexican standoff, is what it is. I mean, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Three, two, not, don't see, move. Even don't move. Romantic and cozy and stuff. It's like I, I well, I guess if you're just trying to well, let's, let's, let's at least try and have fun for the next couple of days, everyone, <laughs> and then we'll we, kill each before other. we kill each other. I wonder how how long does the game last in the book? I know, kind of like Quidditch. Say. I think they just until everyone's dead. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I don't mean like the preordained works. Yeah, close to it. I don't mean like the preordained. Couple of weeks, I guess. Right? Weeks. Yeah. Quidditch, Quidditch works that you you keep playing until until someone catches the snitch, and if that means you play for a month, then you play for a it's month. It's like Monopoly. That's all there is to it. God, Quidditch is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> But so it's the sort of thing in the book. The, this particular Hunger Games lasted a few weeks at least. Is that the idea? Uh, it lasts at least about a week, I think. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like they have a chance to get that hungry. <laughs> I'm really hung up on this Hunger Games thing now. No, well, no the Hunger Games. It's, it's the hunger of the, of the year, right? In the outside world, not you're, you're playing. Right. You're playing to. It's to a, say, yeah. You know, every what, every team is hungry, and you win to lose the hunger. Yeah, you got it. Hunger Games. But there's there's still an aspect of being hungry inside because they talk about well, you you probably are going to starve to death or or die from exposure or whatever. Right. So there's still that aspect which yeah is not. As clear as it could be, if somebody yeah. were like, "Yeah, it's as you said, it's it, week three, and we're still out here." As you said, it takes it takes a while to starve to death. It actually yeah. takes a, a really unpleasantly long time. Are there oh. any animals in this dome, like yeah, actual normal animals? Yeah, well, they cook. She, the first thing you see is she's cooking and eating something. Oh, okay. yeah, a squirrel, and, and the, there, the other one speared a lizard. And there are there are of course the mocking jays, which we haven't seen, yeah. but they're somewhere out in the. Uh, that, you by the way, see, you just hear. When yeah. that reveal happened, I, I thought that was super cool. I really like the idea of the mocking jay. Yeah. Just conceptually, this bird that you know will repeat whatever it hears, and then that will just travel across all of the birds. It's like the birds are doing the wave. I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. It seems like plausible. I mean, it seems like something that you could see yeah. and allegorical. Yeah. To the revolution and stuff. Yeah, the mocking jays are. Well, they don't go into the history of them in the movie, but yeah. in the book they expound on the fact that these were, you know, these are all genetically engineered, modified things. These wasps, but also the mocking jays, and the mocking jays were initially created by the capital to uh, well, they, for some they, purpose. They, the, they um, were the co- birds co-opted by the rebellion. They created the the capital created these birds called jabber jays, which could which could um, 
remember and repeat any human conversation they heard. So they were used as like recordings. They were spies for the Capitol. And then when the Flintstone had one of those, when the yeah, when the rebels realized what they were doing, they started feeding lies to the Jabberjays, and the Capitol went, "Okay, Jabberjays are useless," and they basically sent them out into the wilderness to die because they're like, "Okay, they're not going to be able to take care of themselves." But the Jabberjays bred with mockingbirds and created these things called mockingjays, which lost the ability to to imitate speech, but are, are able to imitate sounds and, and music and stuff like that. And so the Mockingjays became this symbol of something that the Capitol tried to kill and yet failed to kill. It got out of their control and actually became, the, you know, it was it was something that the, the Capitol created for evil but actually became beautiful after the Capitol tried to destroy it. Yeah, this is a pretty good sequence, actually, of the, I, the hallucinations. I, I, I do. I thought it was really interesting the way it, uh, the, the the technique they came up with to suggest her, her, tripping. Yeah. <laughs> where, where suddenly she's listening to dubstep, which is. Uh, <laughs> well, it looks like the "Smack My Bitch Up" music video. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do like. Again, being able to – because like you said, the, the book is constrained – the books are constrained to her point of view and the movie Stupid is – Stupid fucking book. The movie is willing Books to break dumb. out and really look is. at this is what's happening to, with President Snow. This is what's happening in the game room. This is the, the feed. This is what people are watching well, You said home. a similar thing about Twilight. You and, said the, peop, the, 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 the reason the movie is better just on the face of it is you're not stuck in a stupid head. All the time. Well, yeah. Well, the com- like in in terms of Twilight, Bella's commentary. It's like you are the worst person in the world, and I hate you. And <laughs> and the movie helps by just getting you out of her head. <laughs> exactly. Just and watch her. Don't even listen to what she says. Katniss. Is- Thank God we're not inside that. Yeah. We only have to look at it. Katniss is not as bad as as Bella. Although people who have read The Hunger Games and not read Twilight have the same complaint of Katniss, but because it's a sliding scale, I'm like Katniss is great. Are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, the the ability to do that gives gives the movie the ability to give exposition. Like, yeah. how else are you going to explain the tracker jackers? That is actually important information to understand. These right. are not just bees or wasps. These are these things are fucked right. up. But in the book, do you not know that? Do you just think that she's really well? She, she knows that, so she just oh okay. She, she knows that says to you by by thinking it to you to you the reader. Yeah. She Fair knows enough. that and, and thinks about oh right tracker. Jackers. Oh shit, tracker jackers. Yeah, on a, on a sliding scale, Katniss is. Order of magnitude better than Bella, but yeah, but it's still annoying that she's like, oh, I'm just nobody, and blah 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 blah. Well, I don't know why you never be with me. World. Yeah, while everyone else in the world is like, she's so amazing, and blah. She, yeah, she really doesn't come across to me as this as powerful as of this female figure that I she's think not. People it's, are reacting. It's to. completely. It's completely accidental like she's caught up in forces outside of herself um in the in the book and the the movie makes makes the very smart decision i think of of making her take her destiny into her own hands a great deal more she's more actively engaged in deliberately making choices which will we'll not get into it too much but that's my major major issue with the second and third books primarily the second one and hopefully the the movies will will improve upon that aspect of it because she is not a character in charge of her own destiny in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I agree. Books. What what does Rue have to gain by not killing this lady? Just the chance that maybe when she wakes up, she won't kill me back. Rue just humanity. Well, Rue didn't volunteer. Yeah, she doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah, All right. I guess so. Rue's just yeah. Rue's just a good person. She's like this. You know, this girl is suffering. She didn't do anything to me. So and, and they I had their little moment in the tree. Yeah, and also with the knife earlier. 
Exactly. It's it's yeah. Again, it's like like any other thing. It's like, well, what's the end game here? It's like if you make a friend, that's not going to end well according to the rules of the game somehow or other. But uh, but you know, yeah. it's a, it's sort of a, just a natural tendency to go. You suck so much less than those others. Yeah, I'd much rather see you you know succeed than than those yeah. people and also just the the natural human tendency it's like we're going to be stuck in here for 2 weeks i don't want to do that alone even if <laughs> yeah. i have to stab you in the neck eventually i'd rather not do that now yeah. i'd rather hang out <laughs> let's at least have dinner first yeah <laughs> what's your favorite part of the squirrel <laughs> well i like the dark meat that's not meat <laughs> <laughs> well i like the poop then <laughs> <laughs> we're eating virtual reality squirrels you guys ever had squirrel? No. No. I'm about, I'm about, to, I'm about never mind. No, no, go on. You lived in Arkansas. I, I, I was going to say, know, I'm, about, I'm about, I'm about to It's not because it's like, my... oh my God, I would never, I just, no, the it's just, I'm, hasn't I'm, come up. I'm about to reveal my hick status, I guess. Mm. No, I've had squirrel. It's, it's gamey, but it's yummy. You, there's, there's like precious little squirrel you ever want to eat. There's like a hand, there's like a there mouthful. Can't be much. There's like a mouthful of meat per squirrel. Yeah. Which, you know. Just in terms of an economy of scale, that's why I say let's kill horses, but whatever. Yeah. We tried to get we tried to get pigeon for our uh, um, Oscar party, and we just couldn't. We they they we couldn't get it in in time, so we oh, had. Cold. So you like you were going to the stores instead. to get pigeon? Come on, well, we man. went to, to go we to a specialty butcher. Yeah, we went to a special. We did. They just couldn't yeah. get it in time. We also tried to get gator, but they no, didn't but have that. No, but there's pigeons either. everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. Have some hustle. No, no, you need. <laughs> you don't want to eat one. You don't want to eat street pigeons. <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, the I'm one, sorry. I didn't realize it was fancy in here. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. eating pigeons. What do you think yeah. this is? District 12? Come on. Yeah. yeah. I like how you're like, I'm they not going to eat. eat I, I'm going to eat a pigeon. I'm not going to eat a shitty pigeon. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> well, the, yeah. the pigeons you actually want to eat that aren't riddled with disease are called squab. Yeah, Those exactly. are the ones you actually get from a butcher, not it's, just caught off the street. Yeah. It's true, actually. It's the same in, uh, you know, in Korea. Not much of an urban forager, are you? People like, people like, you know, we had people who went in Korea, and, you know, it's like, and, and dog is not commonly eaten in Korea. It's actually kind of more of a, it's, younger people aren't that into it. It's, it's more of an older tradition. Um, but even people who like, like we, you make it, some other group of people, and you had some Korean friends, and there was a, someone was walking their dog, and one of our less, um, you know, sensitive American members of our group said, hey, I bet you guys want to eat that. And the Koreans went, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, Okay. Yeah, we eat dogs sometimes. Not any dog. Yeah. I love the idea where it's like, and similar to <laughs> that, that belongs to somebody. Similar yeah. to that, where it's like you'll you'll you like you can imagine someone asking like their gay friend, "Are you like into me?" And they're like, "Not you, no." Yeah, that's right. And and that but same you're gay. and that yeah. same line of logic applied to cannibals, where it's <laughs> yeah. like you're, you're hanging out with a bunch of cannibals, and you're like, "Do you want to eat me?" And they look at you like you're a fucking asshole, like. Yeah. I've had, you, no. Who yeah. do you think I am? Eating I've, you. I've had that a lot, especially, you know, people people who are like homophobes are like, oh, I don't want gay people around me because I don't want them hitting on me all the time. I'm like, really? You think enough of them? Come on. <laughs> you should be so lucky. Yeah, exactly. Wait, let me ask you a question. Do you do that well with the ladies that you yeah. have that problem? Because it's probably going to translate. <laughs> Women are all over you, I guess. Trust me. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> then we got no problem. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> Wee. So, yeah, these guys are just, like, settled in for the long haul. And, again, I'm thinking, what are the folks at home thinking about this? Like, this is pretty boring, you know. And obviously they do, they do in the control room, they do goose things periodically. But, um, but yeah, this whole, this whole logistics of this whole group has formed this alliance. They've got all the supplies, and they're just going to camp. They're, like, 16. They're not, that's smart. Oh, new pope. <laughs> hey, there's a new Pope. Pope. Linguini. <laughs> <laughs> the new Pope is South American. 
you're <laughs> stupid. Yeah, uh, you're dumb. They are pretty dumb, though. I do like the the, the world oh. the world building aspect of it. I do like that the author originally you know took it far enough to recognize that if this is a seventy five year tradition, that some districts you know or some people would attempt to raise basically raise gladiators to win the competition. Right. Yeah, I, I like that touch. Which That's is you know, that was you know that that was a really nice bit of thinking through the ramifications of of, of the setup. And and making that a major plot point that you know no one ever can ever beat district whatever because one and two I think are the careers yeah, yeah. they freaking raise gladiators to do nothing but this you know it'd be interesting as a speaking of like weird little details they could have added to this just add one completely random object in the pile that most people won't even notice but depending on where their eyes go they might see that there's like a ukulele or something <laughs> just one thing where you're thinking. Well, hmm, why is that there? Like, it could send you on this weird <laughs> mental tangent. Or, like, you know. Yeah, like, you out. The ukulele's like, like, got a Derringer hidden inside of it. Like a lawn yeah. chair or something. Or, yeah. you know, a, a bag of party balloons. What do you expect us to use that for? <laughs> cool yeah, whip. Because a bunch of people are going to, uh, people will go after it like, I don't know what that's for, but there's got to be a reason. There's and it doesn't have a gun in exactly. it. It's just a ukulele. It's like, it's like the red herring question on a test. You know, it's like, I, this, <laughs> there's no way they would ask that question unless the answer was B, right? Yeah, and clearly. It means so it's like, I want to grab those fucking party balloons of the cool whip because I don't know why they put them here, but there's no reason they would have put them here unless they're useful somehow. Just something for that one kid who went to, you know, in front of the judges and his demonstration was balloon animals. Like, <laughs> so you're saying I have a chance. <laughs> Thank you. We'll call you. There was yeah. there was a uh, there was a comic it that goes. there was a comic I I remember from I, I think it was called Knights of the Dinner Table where it was about these these uh, role playing the, these guys playing a role playing game but basically Dungeons and Dragons if not explicitly um, and there was a whole bit where they're they're walking down the the road and uh, the the uh, game master is is describing what's around and and just trying to set the scene. It's like you know you're walking along the path and there's a meadow and there's a cow in the meadow. It's like, what's going on with the cow? It's like what? <laughs> it's like I scanned the cow for magic. He's <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> it's a cow. Oh no no no, he didn't do that yet. He was like he was like I go over to the cow. Why are you why do you go over to the cow? I'm just there's nothing else around. I w- I'm going to go over to the cow. And you mentioned it. It seems important. It's like you can't go over to the cow. There's a ten foot fence. Well now I'm definitely going over to the cow because someone clearly doesn't want me getting get anywhere to do with the cow. And it just became this whole thing about I scan the cow for magic. Yeah, it's a fucking it's a magic cow. That's it. You you nailed it. You got it. And it's this entire thing think about the magic cow do you think they put condoms in the supplies <laughs> do you think there's that aspect going like hey we're no if we're gonna kill each other in three days it might as well fuck it's, for the it's, first it's, time it's cool right? because we're gonna be dead in three days what do you exactly. need exactly what'd be amazing though is that it's, oh yeah there's a lot of stds getting passed around in the battle dome but no one ever lives that's fine but katniss came out with 24 different strains of herpes <laughs> how did she win again <laughs> the best way possible. Best show ever. She she came out with 24 strands of herpes, and not counting her, there's only 23 other yeah. contestants. So she went in with at least one. That's what we know. <laughs> yeah. So that did do back home. We haven't talked about um, the fact that uh, professional archers had a great year last year. Yeah. Um, because they got to talk about this movie and and the Avengers and and Brave uh, and Brave and Brave and which uh, one was the winner in terms of form? Brave overall, I think the most. Uh, Katniss, a a a far and away uh, superior to uh, Jeremy Renner. To Jeremy Renner, though. Um, well, Brave, you know, they get to rotomate against real archery, so they, you know, yeah, it's expected yeah. that they're going to nail it because they can make it. You yeah. know, they can tweak Je- it. Jeremy Archer, basic, or, or yep, Jeremy <laughs> Renner. Sorry, Renner. Uh, the archer. Yeah, the the archer. Uh, s- s- the articles on him were basically just pictures going, look at this shit. Yeah. Like, that was basically the entire like, article. Did he even talk to someone who does archery? Yeah. Look at um, this shit. 
doesn't it suck? <laughs> doesn't it suck? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think anyone here gave a fuck? Look at him holding that bow. Don't you think that he sucks? <laughs> Oh dear! Wow. Sorry, I don't okay. know. Yeah, we can just keep on going. <laughs> I actually uh, read that last night on the off chance. I was, <laughs> no, not really. So um, the, the the main thing, um, even though she does a little off sometimes too, is um, from what I read, I'm not a professional archer myself um, yet. But uh, <laughs> but basically, when you, when, when you do the draw, the the arrow and your your forearm should make a straight line. Right. Yeah. Jeremy Renner's elbow goes right to the goes sky. Right yeah. She holds hers at about a 45, which is technically a little off. But and you want to uh, keep your... Yeah, I've taken a little archery recently. A friend of mine is... He was, like, training for the Olympics for a while, archery-wise, and he still trains uh, very heavily. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, if zombie apocalypse happens... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're supposed to keep your elbow up is what I remember them teaching teaching me. So it's... I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, oh, show, show us that again. Oh yeah, I guess we do have webcams yeah, now. But yeah, your elbow up, but your not elbows. Your elbow is supposed to be, you know, the draw is supposed to be straight in line. Yeah, with, yeah. With yeah. The you probably right. you want to think you want to think up because your natural tendency as you pull it back is, yeah, you, is you, that it's going to drop. You, so well, I remember most people most people hold it too low and just yeah. like exactly. This. And, and I, I was corrected exactly that way. I think the natural tendency is to go low, and they go no 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 yeah. elbow up and yeah because because as as you pull it back to to put your elbow. Up, even in a straight line, you feel it in your shoulder like there's a weird kind of tension that you're not used to, and it, right. you naturally want to drop your elbow. So right. yeah, but but yeah, they they heard the elbow up thing, and Jeremy Renner's fucking <laughs> Jeremy Renner's like, Bing! yeah. Well, Jeremy Renner didn't actually fire an arrow, right? Yeah, he didn't actually have to production. even yeah. try. Every so, single one of them is CG. Um, so I remember one. I remember one thing. Uh, one there was a critique where someone, uh, an archer, was was pointing at a picture, a picture of Renner rehearsing, saying, "Okay, so he did actually." He tried study, um, but there's a there's a thing that again archers would know this. They recognize, there's a there's a pad you can wear, which yeah. is a little rectangular pad, which I didn't wear the first time. Yeah, and that was a mistake. Exactly. So you wear it across your forearm because yeah. you can. It's, it's when you accidentally, if you don't do it quite right, you thwap yourself with the string on the release, and it hurts like a son of a bitch. Yes, it does. Um, and the archer guy pointed out that in this candid picture of Jeremy Renner. Rehearsing his his bow technique, um, he's actually got two of them on his forearm. He's got one strapped this way and one strapped this way. And he goes, "Well, if there isn't a better indication that his form is completely wrong, that he needs two right. forearm guards, then I don't know what is." You know, he's like, "Is it?" It's like Jesus Christ. It's like he's got he's just like got these pads all over his arm because he's who knows where he's going to hit himself with the string. Is an entire suit of armor exactly? It was like just thought that was so ridiculous. So anyway, um, I was talking um, uh, while Rue died, but I don't care because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me tweet that. To the world. Yeah. This because world is that's so okay. cruel and unjust. Again, I, uh, you know. How did she die again? I was she was She was stabbed with a, a guy. A guy oh. took a swing at uh, Katniss and got her instead. Oh, right, right. Um, eat her. Eat her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> really, it's just a waste of good meat. They're tasty time. when they're young. Yeah, I kind of doubt District 11 would have been quite on board with Yeah, that, the, the, the ending would have played out a little different <laughs> at that point. There's very little chance of mad little girl disease at that age. I mean, they're, it's basically a brand new animal. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Hello? Who's talking? Actually, there's a thing. Um, oh, Morgan in the chat's like, dark meat. <laughs> uh, I thought it. I wasn't going to say yes, it. Oh, I... someone went there. That's yeah. great. We're trying to have a civilization here, and look what happened. Trey, she was dark meat in the book. <laughs> it's not racist. She was dark it's meat in the, in the book, book, okay? Now, there's a thing. Um, I got your back, Morgan. There's a thing that uh, happened that I didn't didn't get the first time viewing the couple times viewing the movie didn't get till last night when i was revisiting this movie and watching it again um a thing that comes up uh, fairly soon i think uh when there's the riot yeah you know the, the riot back home we're suddenly in a movie that hasn't done it at all um it's as a title card that says district 11 um it did it at the very beginning for district 12 as yeah. well but but um but it, it's sort of you know after after all this time in the movie suddenly there's this title card that says district 11 um which is weird because it, Finally, last night I put it together because, like, well, why are they giving us that? I was like, oh, because that's not District Twelve. Yeah, we get confused. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, that's oh, which I always thought it was. I thought that was always District Twelve, uh-huh. even though they plainly said <laughs> District Eleven. Because just again in context, I just assumed. Well, of course, Katniss is home. You know, that's them rioting, and it's it's not. It's District it's Eleven, Ruse where Rue's from. Like you would see it say District Twelve, District Eleven. And you're like, I know District Twelve. Why are yeah, you I know. That's again? where she's from. This is District Eleven, yeah. even though oh, typo. Right. Oh, oh, it's Eleven. The rest of the movie is telling me she's twelve. That was how bad of a disconnect it was. Yeah. And by the way, this riot was shot by. Second unit director Steven Soderbergh. Hey. Oh shit! The yeah. Steven Soderbergh. Uh, the Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah. Not not his non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's on the he's on the phone. Senor Soderbergh. He's on, he's on the phone with Gary <laughs> Ross, going seriously no master shots. <laughs> yeah, Katniss is bueno. <laughs> yeah. Senor Burns is el diablo. <laughs> Tiene mucho hambre. Uh oh, wide shot. Master shot. Soderbergh. <laughs> what have you done, Soderbergh? You hack. So why? What's the story behind Soderbergh being the second? Unit? Uh, they're just homies. Friends. Soderbergh's, yeah. Soderbergh's at the point where he does whatever the fuck he wants yeah. now. They're, is, is they're, he retiring they're friends and yeah. they're, just say that. Yeah. yeah, he and Gary Ross apparently are good friends, and uh, Gary Ross like could not. He did. You know this this movie being as as kind of expansive as it is, he. Didn't have time to shoot the riot. Plus, it's so not he, like it was a job where Steven had to come on and be really careful for a week. Right. It's like, yeah. just film them fucking shit up. Do two days. Just yeah. get yeah. some shots. It's handheld, bro. Just go for Gonna it. Gonna give you 100 extras and It's some MOS. It props. can literally just be you and an Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah. Can I put Kate Winslet in it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Wait, wait. Knock yourself out. Will she be naked? <laughs> when isn't she? We saw your boobs. <laughs> we saw your boobs. Oh, let's not even go into that whole country. <laughs> that is not part of this movie. <laughs> we, so. haven't, we haven't uh, we haven't done our uh, Oscar post uh, wrap up, but no. we should do that. So here's our meeting of the minds. What's what's the the actor on the left? What's his name? Arliss Loveless. <laughs> <laughs> That's Doctor Loveless. <laughs> And there's Arliss Loveless again. And here's a bunch of cutting that happens for no reason or yeah. doesn't need to be happening. No one will be seated during the scintillating pruning sequence. <laughs> now, this um, again, you say this is obviously a scene that doesn't exist in the book because Katniss ain't there, so yeah. she wouldn't be able to tell you about it. Um, very useful, and and my contention is there should have been one more of these, or a scene in the control room, or something. Back when they at the end, when they do that whole two tributes can win, no, just one, no two. I mean, there need. I really yeah. missed a scene of like Snow and this guy in the control room going, "What the fuck?" I, uh, that, yeah. that, that's exactly right. That's that's the that's moment the missing that this movie is is missing is at <laughs> at the ends where 
clearly some whoever's behind the curtain is going, what the fuck do we do in this in yeah. this situation? And, that's, and that ties in the question of why is he so pissed? That would have been the scene that tells you. Yeah. Like, ah, you know, yeah. this, the, the one that defeated me, but only for so long. And that would have been, I think, given it enough of a climactic or thematic uh, sh- wraparound shell or yeah. core or whatever you want to I say. I really miss that scene. I was like, yeah. and, I, and at the time, I, I remember saying this at some point, I think we did a, I think we did a, we did a little intermission, intermission about the Hunger Games, yeah. in which I said, well, surely the book explains what the hell was going on behind the scenes and you said no it doesn't yeah because there's no behind the scenes in the book it doesn't explain it anymore but but for me personally i understood what was going on i i I, I have no problem i understood what was going on that i I knew there was a off-screen panic in a control room but i wanted to see that panic okay and i wanted to see the decision get made like you know well why not let them kill themselves Someone needs to go, that'd be an awesome ending. You know, we can't because yada yada, so because President Snow. Because of the conversation he just had. He's like, we, we, have, yeah. to, we have to give, them, we have to give yeah. them enough hope to hang themselves by. If everybody dies, then that hope is lost, exactly. and suddenly they so for me, the So for me, the missing ingredient is not, I didn't understand that oh, sure. in the background. The, it was a character question about why is, you know, in the last five minutes of the movie, Snow is, I hate you so much, Katniss Everdeen. Without really giving me like specifically why, it's like I just wanted that one scene of him going, "Oh, that son of a bitch!" You know that that little bitch figured out a way to defeat me. Oh, there's that you know? yeah. bad. Yeah, uh, that's some that's some great cake cake decorating. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty not, much just what Cameron Diaz. Actually, like. what I what I, what I would how does he know he matches? He can't even see him. <laughs> what I would have liked to see maybe more, and maybe they do, show, but I don't think they do. Is is showing the the more important part to me, if anything, is. To go out to the districts, the people watching that little behind-the-scenes drama. That, because, yeah, that too. Yeah, because because the, the people in the control room are like, I think we play that one off, you know, <laughs> whereas the districts are like, hmm. Yeah. They See, just, uh, you know, the, the omnipotent power out there just yeah. got kind of... Because uh, that's, that's another thing that's that in the story there. If, yeah. not, if not the districts... Someone in the control room going, if we keep changing the rules like this, they're going to lose their shit. Right. You know, like I would if you know, this, like if the Super Bowl worked that way, if I watched the Super Bowl, you know, insert your... Suddenly it's Calvin Ball. Exactly. Where they're actually, like, that'd be awesome. You know, five minutes before the end of the game, they're like, uh, actually, if you, you have to win by nine points. Dude, Michael Bay's Calvin Ball. Yeah. <laughs> you have to win by nine points, in which case you go, well, that's the nature of the game, you know, whatever the, the, the rules are. But then... Someone is about to win by nine points, and they're like, eh, you, you don't have to win by nine points. You can actually you know? win if you have more than less than ten points and At that point, away. you would kind of go, okay, what the fuck? You, yeah, you what guys is happening? Just, you guys are just making this up as you go along. So the, the, there's that twin thing that I miss the, you know, how do we change the rules again, you know, and not look like idiots to the rest of the world versus, well, I, I'd rather do that than, you know, have no one survive, even though I hate that bitch, but I can't have no survivors. Yeah. Again, I want to see Snow be pissed about it. I, okay. I, I understand yeah. I understand the background, and I understand that that conversation was happening. I didn't understand, like, well, they changes the rules. I But it was the the reaction to it and the Snow being, Ugh! To be able to you see know? that, yeah. yeah. It would have been a payoff for, like, and six I, different things. Yeah. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think that's that's all you need to to drive home any, you know, a, a solid thematic statement of any kind yeah. of just th- okay this is what it is about this is about the kind of control that the capital has that the districts don't and how that power play and balance works yeah. out and how it gets destroyed whatever and how she and she, how she, and how she to took it down. away and by how she being... circumvented it by saying i'll kill myself motherfucker and he goes <laughs> yeah. the hell you will yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's again we saw her side of it i just wanted to see his side 
when they made the announcement, she finished it by saying, this will be the only announcement, which seems like bad form for anything. It seems like naming yeah. your shot version final. Yeah. Yeah. Final version two. And then final two. Final, seriously, really final. Yeah. Totally final. Done. Version two. <laughs> final version two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> final uh, version three. Totally add file names like that. <laughs> Untitled a one. I did title a daily. Oh, please God. Version version three. Well, that's just nice. That's just outreach. I was just you know just trying to hedge my bets a little bit. I am. I'm actually going through and cleaning off, like organizing all of my hard drives and everything, and I'm I'm dealing with exactly that and like. Version final, version final music. For, like, and you're you, just like, Brian, what were you thinking? You stupid motherfucker. This is why we have naming conventions. <laughs> I'm doing that right now because I'm actually upgrading an old, old, old edit before I started naming shots. And oh my God, my naming things is like, you know, wacky version three is like, oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't even break up blocks of footage into takes so it's like where's that one shot it's it's on this you know eight gigabyte and i had this oh, crazy idea where i would start numbering at 100 and go down like golf rules yeah it's like and there's uh, one time i just went up by primes uh, it's somewhere yeah. in the middle of untitled two i hate myself <laughs> retroactively for not doing this right 10 years ago yeah the best thing to do is just keep adding numbers until you stop don't yeah. don't do anything else just, <laughs> until, until the computer says i can't do a file name any longer than that yeah. that's it i'm really not huge josh hutcherson hutcherson yeah i'm not i'm not huge on him that's not, not this guy yeah that's, that's i feel like that's this guy okay. i feel like he is a non-presence in this movie and someone else might have done just that or more right well that's but i don't what, feel like really get much out of him yeah, that's what i'm saying i look you know. i look at this I look at this character and, like I say, I'm supposed to feel this tug between the two of them. But even though he's he's on screen for, like, all of three minutes, the guy who plays Gale, who is Chris Hemsworth's brother. Um, yeah, I can see it. He, yeah. yeah. He, that makes sense, yeah. He has, he has way more charisma than this. Than and, you can, and, you can, and you can feel they have a connection. Or at yeah. least, you know, the acting vibe is there, whatever it is. Whereas, yeah, I, I, I watched this whole movie and I was never clear. It was like, is she faking this for the camera? Does she really feel for him? Mm-hmm. I had the same thing going on. Which could if that were if you were building that on purpose. <laughs> if that was, but it, it doesn't feel yeah, like it's if it's being supposed to be. Purpose. If that's supposed to be part of the story, Wait, which it is, yeah. is she or is she not faking this relationship? It's it's actually unclear in yeah. the movie. In the book, she's faking it. That's what I thought. Okay. In the book, she's faking it for the purpose of the cameras, and then only at the end does he realize that, and he's totally crushed and heartbroken. So Peter sucks, and he's an idiot. <laughs> he's not that bright. <laughs> but in the Doesn't yeah, they, bread but, the right but then it doesn't yeah. even get more complicated than that yeah. in the, the follow up books. They could have gotten they could have gotten someone that that. You know, like like I say every time, they could have got someone that the audience can fall in love with. Whereas I feel like in this, they were they were counting on the Twilight thing, where it's like, well, people love Peta, like people love Edward, so whoever we put in there is just they're gonna love him. Yeah, because right. um, he's the guy. Yeah, whereas he's handsome. In this case, I don't think people who are fans of the Hunger Games have the same thing going on that that twilight fans do so there's not that automatic twilight is about bella and edward and third one this is about katniss yeah it's not about them there's not that automatic um yeah like like uh, she said our our couple name is penis (laughs) 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 um yeah (laughs) um yeah, there, there's not an automatic sense of there are people who love PETA and whoever they put in that role oh, is going to automatically. Yeah, yeah really. so, so I, I think they probably should have picked someone someone who could bring that to PETA as opposed to assuming PETA would bring that to the actor. Yeah, exactly. I think Buscemi. 
<laughs> yeah, they could have gone with Buscemi. Fuck it, just throw Stanley Tucci in there. I'll pull it off. Yeah, and dude. If we let Tucci Peter Sellers, role. if we let Peter Sellers do three, we should at least let Tucci do two. Yeah, that's true. we can keep giving Gwyneth Paltrow ones. That's fine with me. But I want to see two Tucci's per movie now, please. It's in his name. It's not like he's called One Cheek. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just have one Tucci. Don't encourage them though, because they'll start doing that. They'll start like and doing a bunch of digital stuff to make him young. And don't you even get don't get me started on what they should be doing with John Forsyth. Oh. <laughs> Five. Got nothing. Brain <laughs> fifter. <laughs> I don't know. She could be a real bitch and take everyone's bag. Yeah. Why? Really, everyone could. Yeah. Thwink. This is this is a pretty good uh, little fight scene. I like this one. Yes. The the, the hail mary arrow shot. Yeah. The point blank arrow shot. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's shaky cam and not too quick cutting, but I I can. Okay, that's best bullshit. That shaky cam was fake. Yeah, really. That was just like shaking. Yeah. Shaking as it was moving three feet towards. That was like the wiggler was set to way too high. I forgot to backspace a zero. But I can still well yeah I, I mean the problem the problem with shaky cam as opposed to handheld is you they the camera operator is deliberately moving the camera right. in obnoxious it's, ways it's unmotivated yeah whereas or potentially unmotivated the, the 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 pithy difference I always come with is shaky cam is trying as hard as you can to move the camera handheld is trying as hard as you can to not move the camera right um, and that's kind of the difference in the aesthetic and but Sh- but shaky cam is the cinematic equivalent of Pretending to be drunk or thinking you're drunk when you're actually drinking non alcoholic yeah. beer. Oh, oh, I'm like, I'm oh, so I'm getting, wasted. I'm getting guys. so messed up oh, on this. God. Donald, What's in this? Donald Sutherland. But as I was um, saying, despite the shaky cam, I can actually understand the geography of the fight because it's not in yeah. too close. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't True. like just f- fucking eyebrows to chin or anything. So yeah. it, it wasn't like Quantum of Solace. I could understand what was going on in the fight and it actually worked for for the scene and was kind of an uh exciting and it scene. saves your actresses having to learn a lot of choreography yeah the couple name would be penis <laughs> 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 or hansen in the chat says we could do cat pee <laughs> also good. Still better love. Still a better love. Story if you would prefer to call the couple Cat P, text one one seven five one. In the seventy fourth annual down in front games. No, oh, that didn't work. Naming games. Did she just wait? She like, hey, hey, what happened to you? Ah, uh, chick from two. She threw a knife. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's how, great. How was work today? That was my junior high experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was cool. Fine. Chick from District 2 threw a knife. Yeah. All right. Otherwise, cool. I can't hear out of this ear, but, you know. In, in, uh, by the way, going back to how fucked up Peter gets in the book, uh, he loses this leg in the book. Like, it. He's, well, that's that. just careless. He's lucky to have lived. They had to change the rules just so he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Peter sucks. I'm starting Peter sucks 2012. <laughs> it's 2013. I don't care. I'm doing 2012 <laughs> until we get to 2020 because that's the next year that you can actually say and it sounds cool. Team Peter sucks. 13, 14, 15, 16, I mean, 17. We are officially there's, in the teens there's now. Too many, there's no. too many syllables in everything until we get to 2020. So it's 2012 or 2020 until 2020. Now this is in the movie here, this this moment here, thanks to the... Very clearly falling in love. Yeah, this is Jennifer Jennifer uh, giving us her... Dude, I totally love this. I'm so into this guy right now. <laughs> yeah. She gives bad smolder. Yeah, well, I don't she, ever quite. Like, no, no, the control room, the control room, like, oh my 
yeah. <laughs> Cut to uh, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford just dancing. <laughs> yeah, there's a control room below the control room. <laughs> the Hunger Games control room, control room. The whole the Hunger Games control room in the woods. That that is the. Um... They totally had sex. Look at that. That's morning. That's afterglow. That's herpes number twenty four. Yeah, we got a game. Everybody. <laughs> Available blackout. Available only on Hunger Games After Dark. <laughs> Tribute's gone wild. That's pay cable. Oh man, Mike, say something profound. Uh, man, I've been working on it this whole time. No, um, <laughs> he's saving it. He's saving yeah. it. We still have the dog scene yet to go. Oh my god, yeah. We yeah we aren't too far off. We're. That that is one thing about this. We're an hour and fifty eight minutes in. Yeah, yeah, about this movie, just like the book, uh, it moves. Like I don't feel like we've been sitting here for two hours. Yeah, you know. I do. It's and I've seen I've seen some movies lately that are like eighty five minutes. That I'm like, oh god, yeah, let me go. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. Uh, safety not guaranteed. Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> Por ejemplo. Um, <laughs> and uh, mm, muy bueno. The, <laughs> you know the news about the? Have you been told about the, the Jurassic Park yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, dude, I heard that news and I was like, okay, what I have news? To, the guy who the guy who directed Safety Not Guaranteed is now directing Jurassic Park. Is not is now directing Jurassic Park four. And uh, yeah, yeah I've been shopping around for all these. They, he was a blip on the radar for episode seven for a second. No, no. What happened was he he announced that he was he was in talks to get on board with a beloved franchise, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, Star Wars!" Because everyone was thinking about that at the time. Um, but he was clearly talking about Jurassic Park at the time yeah. because he came back later and went, "No, no, not Star Wars. <laughs> no." Uh, I'm but, gonna but, I'm gonna fuck up the other thing. Bad no, internet, I'll tell you bad internet. No, no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no. I heard that news and I was like, oh, that's it. I have to make just anything at all because clearly, yeah. that's how you get on board with stuff like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Poor so. Foxface. Yeah. Foxface got a bad rap. I'm but the question she, is, she was she was good, but my, my not good enough. So my question is because of how they she because, was good. She was very because good. they establish her with the plants. It's like did she just decide to up and kill herself? Because in the in the book she makes a mistake, but in the movie you could interpret it either way if you that's want actually, to. Or nice. maybe the control room killed her, man. It could be conspiracy. Hunger Games twenty twelve. I'm, 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 I'm not following you. What do you mean? Well, in the what in the training she does this thing where she's doing a fast association to know what all the berries are, and then she just ate berries I, that killed I her. I think you're reading into the, her pushing buttons. That's uh, looks like she's re- memorizing patterns to me. It's Those like, were they were leaves. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> It's, so that's so it's ironic, is what you're saying. At least, yeah. I'm saying I'm saying you could interpret it that she decided to to off herself if you really wanted to. It's it's probably just uh, an no irony, but you yeah, could, yeah, it, yeah. It's that's a nice thought though. Yeah. I mean, if you want to read into she's, it, she's clearly just trying to like hide out not, until not, everyone not else. Not that is that's dead. a bad strategy because if you get to the point where it's like it's me and then it's over there, it's Thor and then Steven yeah. Seagal. I'm like. Yeah. I'm going to go over by the river and kill myself. Yeah. I, no, I'm saying I don't want to be around for the part where I her die. Whole, her whole game to this point was avoid everyone until presumably until it's down to the last one, right? Who's hopefully wounded if you're really lucky, <laughs> you know, and uh, and make your move. Yeah, in the in the in the book, it's that. Peter picked those berries and almost got them both killed yeah. because he wasn't Which paying is, attention. That's exactly how it played out here. It's like yeah. she was she was following him and and stole some of his berries yeah. or, or took the same berries. He okay, was I missed that part. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like her strategy for the whole game was like that thing where there's a you know a game show where there's three doors. They say pick a door. They open it. Do you want to change your choice? No, you're just basically waiting until you get the probability down to the smallest possible <laughs> yeah. number, and then you kill yourself. Yeah. The, the Monty Hall fallacy, which yeah. is actually counterintuitively, you don't want to switch to your doors. You want to stay with your it is. I thought it was that you always want to switch. You always switch. No, I think it's you want to stay. 
No, no, it's no, it's you on a switch because the first time you're taking a choice out of three, and the second time you're taking a choice out of yeah, two. Yeah, and the first time it's no, like. Although I don't see why that would actually change it, but that's just me. No, they're really saying they're saying math. when you've got when you've got the three. I, on, I'm probably fucking this up, but they, they're saying when you've got the three doors and you pick one. They're going to. They're they open. Going, they open that one and say, "Okay." They open the one they open. Obviously, is not the one that right. that they had op- the prize in it. They open one of the other two. Yeah. that doesn't have a prize in it, and you can either stay with yours or pick the other one yeah. that hasn't been opened. And so, yet. Bec- and they they open the one that doesn't have a prize in it. That means that there's there's a better than something like a better than average probability that the other one does have a prize in it. That's why that wasn't the one that they opened, and you should switch to it. Yeah, okay. Contestants who switch have a two-thirds chance of winning, while contestants who stick have only a one-third chance of winning. Interesting. And yeah, it's it's the whole point is that it's hey dogs, but it's yeah. and them dogs. We're about to see them, you know, if we haven't already materialized out of the ground. I, I, yeah, they just pop out of. I I, I chose to read it as they're popping out of trap doors, like which, convenient which, trap doors. Which but. I'm 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 all for, except that they've by the way they've staged it. They're suggesting that you manifest them from the control room. Right. They have been film grammar. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're doing right here. Boop. See, she's like so. Yeah. I mean. David Mamet would say, by yeah. uninflected shots, they that is clearly. implying that she is manifesting digital yeah. dogs, yeah. which I call bullshit. Um. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good work on the dogs, though, considering the, you know. I, the dogs, the dogs are really good looking. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. I'm going to need to pay attention. The effect the effect generally works really well. Well, even even in that shot, I mean, it's handheld. It's running through yeah. the forest, and, and all you can see are kind of the, the oh, highlights hitting well, among the moonlight. Well, that's easier to that's an easier one to nail than it is you know the locked off shot where it's just clear as day looking at them right which is one of the some of the more less successful shots are, are the, the the ones where you see them a little more clearly but yeah degree of difficulty still wow way up there and uh, mostly good i also don't quite this guy's having a bit of a crazy meltdown at the end and i'm not clear on why he's like yeah, yeah i'm crazy me i was like you dude just knife the two of them and just what why are you monologuing yeah you've trained your whole life for this <laughs> you're yeah. having some kind of weird regret moment the last chick that almost killed yeah. this monologue too yeah. he's doing i mean he's doing the same thing that i mean they're trying to add it's a it's a movie problem they're trying to add suspense and stuff but it's like he's he's swinging his sword at her now but a minute ago they were both on the ground and he picked up Peta and just threw him which yeah. is which is something which is something the terminators problem, do yeah. a lot for some reason. Yeah, as opposed well, to killing you, which is their one function in life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you had one job. Yeah. <laughs> it's something terminators do in bad terminator movies. That's yeah. how you can tell yeah. a good terminator movie from a bad one. Does the terminator kill you when he grabs you, or does he throw you when he grabs you? Yeah. Does he does he give you a ch- help you escape, or <laughs> does he does he try to kill you? So she's got the forty five degree elbow going on. He has there. no. Why would he say shoot? At this point, he has no stake in the. Th- oh, I guess he does because there's a possible a possibility he'll get let go of. But like, uh, usually you say go on shoot whatever when there's like bigger stakes at at work. I almost want to. I, I I'm almost going. I I wish I saw his uh, more of his arc as yeah because it's like what's his deal right now yeah, it's yeah. Like, like like you say he's trained his whole life and and he's had some epiphany yeah but we missed it but we missed it we didn't get to see it. It's. It seems to be an epiphany about the fact that he's finally suddenly realized that this is a TV show and they have been chosen. You can as totally the stars work with, you can work with that. Or, yeah. Or it's an epiphany about the fact that it's not a game anymore. Right. That it actually is life. If he, if he's been training for this quote unquote game his entire life, he's basically the idea of it not being life or death may have never hit home until now. Right. Maybe. He's having a Dave Chappelle moment. <laughs> I'm finally here and I hate what it. What is all this for? Yeah. Get it. Oh. Ow. Ooh, right, right in the there hand. it is. Nice. 
And it, he probably should have just choked Pete out while he was monologuing. Yeah, right. yeah. he had enough time. It is, it is really nice and skillful on the filmmakers' part though, that they, there is actually suspense in that in that scene when there so often isn't. Yeah. And, yeah. and they built it properly by actually having her miss when she took shots multiple times. Yeah. Like they, they've still adequately demonstrated she's a good archer. <laughs> this, this, I, I get what this moment is supposed to be, but it's like, it, it, the one thing is when she when she hits, you know, it's like movie logic 101. When she hits, it's instantly fatal. Even yeah. though earlier she killed a guy, she shot a guy in the stomach and he dropped dead. It's like, yeah. I don't know if it works like that. There is supposedly a place in the in the in the abdomen where if you nail it just right, you the person will drop dead. But but that scene, that's like the moment we just had is, is calling out for you know a comedy version with a, an overdub of like oh, I'm being torn apart by wild dogs. She draws her bow, and now I've got an arrow in me. What yeah. the fuck, <laughs> Jesus! That what the hell, you bitch? In the chat, I'm totally with Gibtown because she says. I have trouble hearing Cato and not thinking Kalen every single time. Mm. Well, Kato, Kato, Kalen. I think. Uh, I think of I Green think Hornet. Green, I think Green Hornet. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking it was pretty nice that this Cato gets to be the front guy in his particular little group. In the, um, I guess there's a slight reference to that there, but there is an interesting difference in the in this scene in the book where they go, uh. Just kidding. Uh, you have to kill yourselves now. She's immediately like, boom, like she's got the, the arrow up because she assumes that he's going to try to kill her. Yeah. Um, so there's there's this trust issue thing going on. Which would have been a nice moment time. here for her to like, you know, turn and like, uh, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Whereas here they're like, oh, no, I don't want to oh, do this, you guys. Our star-crossed love is not meant to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could, I, you could have played it exactly the opposite. It would have been maybe a nicer edge to it for them to, like, you know, be ready to go at it and her to go, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Why don't we both just kill ourselves, you know? Yeah, you're right. That'll, that'll, I like that even better. <laughs> and then, uh, together, right? <laughs> One, two, three. Ah, psych. Just kidding. Yep. I win. I am the queen of Hunger Games. Oh, man. I didn't think you'd do that. Oh. I totally I totally fell for it. Yeah. That was a weird moment where she decides that they can kill each other. They can both, like, kill themselves with the berries, and she's going to give them the berries. But the way she carries it is he says, Katniss, we can't. And she says, trust me. And then close, trust me. As if, like, what they're indicating is that, oh, these are actually, she switched out the berries, and it's going to be a bluff to get them to come and save them both kind of deal. But that's not the thing. They're really poison berries. So what yeah, does trust the, me mean? Trust me means, and I, I, and I don't, what, the only answer I have for it, and I don't know why she would say this, is that her saying, they'll never let us do this. But I don't see how she would know that. Uh, see, I don't right. read it that at all. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that moment stands out. And it doesn't really work, but it, the only real way to to read this scene, I think, is that they they're they're literally saying, "No, we're going to opt yeah. out of this system altogether yeah. entirely." I guess it's trust me, like no, just going the against, best idea. Yeah. Trust me, I'm going to do it too. Yeah, going against yeah. the joke we were just doing, like no, yeah. seriously, I'll do it too. Yeah, I'm. We're that's probably it. And here yeah. comes Serenity. A early a animatic of serenity. I just want it to be that one, the comedy moment where the ships, like the elevators, just kind of go. Oh, <laughs> oh. all right. No, no one won this year, but they won kind of. <laughs> Make a statue and a song. It really is just. It's primarily, I think, just a lack of world building or, or detail to the world building. If they're in a Truman Show dome, why do they also have the hover cars that have to fly out to meet them? Well, they're and in the middle of a big dome. They gotta. 
But they're at the cornucopia. They're I literally that's right. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're, there are elevators that go to the go to the world exactly. right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure. There, there, at the there are twenty or twenty four elevators yeah. right there. I like this scene. I like how fucked up this is without any dialogue. It's like, okay, there are two ways out of this room, and you liked this one, right? Yeah. The the my only question is, how did he fuck up that bad? You know, what did he again? Th- again, to me, it's the missing scene. Is why does the president hate him so much? What, right. What did he do? Have wrong? you seen his beard? <laughs> yeah. What What was the mistake? I mean, obviously they had their sort of thing about. Again, it just feels like there should be a, there should be a scene where he said, "I think we should do this," and the president said, "Oh yeah, we'll do it your way, but you're going to pay for that later." You know, just, again, what, there, there's a missing dynamic. Of, yeah. Why, you know, that he chose, like, you know, did he in the control room, did he go, let's have them both win? And, and the president says, what the fuck are you doing? You can't do that. And they have a big dock down, drag out argument. About, this is my show. It's my show. You know, again, I, I, what the hell happened? And why is, why is, the, why does he have to kill himself now? Yeah. I think the, the closest, the closest we got to that was we've got the two, uh, we've got the two separate scenes with Seneca as as opposed to the the one getting it together. We've got the scene with him and the president talking about why we do the Hunger Games, and we've got the scene with him and Hamish where Hamish convinces him, no, no, it's the young love angle. It's right. going to be great for ratings and stuff like that. And that's when Seneca changes the rules, and that's why he was like, "You did this," yeah. <laughs> you know. And again, you all, all this missing is like, I just. God, I wish I'd, I'd had. You know, it didn't even have to. You could do that scene, David Mamet channeling here. You could do that scene without any dialogue. You could uh-huh. do that scene with like three cutaways of De- Donald Sutherland looking at Seneca and Seneca looking at this and looking at that, and boom, back to the arena. There's been a change to the rules announcement. You know about who, what, whose intent is what about that dynamic? Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for like a five minute expository. Blah blah blah. I'm just you know I just want to know. Who made that decision? Who's pissed because that decision got made? And and that. And right. whose ass is on the line? Exactly. As a result. And then they can put just the pie tin on one of them. That's right. <laughs> this uh, a pie was in this. The Wookiee doesn't get a medal. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they must be very proud of you. Because if people Bitch. like Chris, it's only she's Olivia Munn from this angle. Eh, it's good work if you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take Olivia Munn from any angle, but that's me. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> well, no, I was just like, I didn't see that one. Damn it. I should have. That should have been me. Should've it should have been me. It should have been me. It should have been me, man. They should have sent a poet <laughs> to Olivia Munn's bedroom. Of course, it's just Jodie Foster who doesn't know what to do, but she makes it happen. And and again, here, it's... Um, Oscar-winning uh, actress Jennifer Lawrence. Not that she's being bad in this scene, but I don't get what she's, what her approach is. Yeah, here. this is not the. Pl- I was. She just seems genuinely that. like happy, like hey, as, yeah, as opposed like, to as opposed to we are so fucked, yeah. which seems to be the tone. Well, she she seems. It, it's more like she just became like a celebrity as opposed to I just got back from a death camp, yeah. and now I'm supposed to act like I'm happy. You know, and and it, there's there's not that undercurrent of I'm forcing myself to play this role. Yeah, there's, I don't think so. I actually feel like I just watched that in her performance. Okay, I di- I didn't feel that. I felt the, you know, I'm not prepared for celebrity, and I'm kind of pleasantly bewildered by it, as opposed to. I, I have just looked into the face of death, and now you're asking me to smile. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was looking for that. Yeah, that change of the cold. You know, boy, no one, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Yeah. To hey, the public, hi. You know, yeah. putting on that face as opposed to nobody seeing, knows. Right. Well, that might have just been an aspect of they cut straight to them in true 
uh, in front of the crowd. Yeah. I mean, Peter, the, Peter was the one who's in his shot had this kind of look like, what the fuck now? Yeah. You know, yeah. look, and, and, but she seemed genuinely like, oh, look, all my family and it's friends. It's Peter sitting there thinking to himself, Fame. I wonder how much longer she'll let me ride on her coattails until eventually she just kills me out of realizing <laughs> the mistake me. she made. She kills me with her thumb. Anyway. Wes Bentley. This is, uh, um, let's see. That's who that was. This movie. And again, I'm not impugning Ms. Lawrence's performance at all. I'm just, it's just a clear moment. It's an odd choice. Justification, yeah. the, the juxtaposition yeah. of shots and the timing of things. Um, this movie is, I, you know, like I said, if, if for nothing else, if not for me, then for everyone else, I'm glad that kids have books and movies more like this and less the, like Twilight. I mean, this is, you know, this movie and the book, from what I understand, are no Rembrandts, but at least they're <laughs> interesting, sensible uh, or sensical original ideas that, you know, implore people to think and actually consider the world around them in a way that, you know, I think is positive. And that's good stuff. And this movie is certainly not bad. And anything that I have that was nitpicky about it is just, you know, impressions and stuff. But for the most part, way to go, Hunger Games. You know, you're not my favorite. Probably never going to watch you again, even though apparently your credits are in the same font as Back to the Future. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, high five, yo. Brian? Yeah, uh, same. Uh, although I think it improves slightly upon a rewatching, I will uh, I will admit. It's just, I think there's an opportunity cost here that's just the, it's like 60% of the way there in terms, and I'm not talking about, you know, making a, a Godard film out of it or something out of it in terms of deep thematic whatever. It's just like a clear, actionable, thematic idea of, okay, this is, this is the way things are, and this is the way things should be, in, in at least in terms of my estimation as the storyteller, as a filmmaker or whatever. Uh, and it's just like it's – I think Suzanne Collins had enough that she, she had some ideas, but she just didn't sit down and just think about them for five minutes and, and really decide either what she thought about them or – finished the the question in her own head which becomes uh, much clearer in the later books which, yes. which are even less developed yes agreed so, uh, and this, it, this strikes me is from what i read of what i read of uh, hunger games is i read the first book and i was like that's a really good standalone wow what a cracking good yarn story that doesn't feel like it really should have sequels. Yeah. With, you know, and, and so like the, that's, yeah. that's one of the other reasons I've, I've avoided the sequels because from what I understand is they do get into more and I'm like I first of all I don't think the story should go there. I think it's that was the story. The story's done. It was about she lived. We're out. You know and doesn't shouldn't have sequels at all. I, I, I think what the issue is, is that it has this one foot in either world and it doesn't it's not straddling both of them competently or, or eloquently in any way it's just kind of awkwardly one foot in good yarn b-movie pulp novel fun and kind of disturbing fun and one foot in is there any other kind yeah and one foot in you know political and you know thematic social criticism and it doesn't it doesn't have good footing in either i think result. i think that's actually part of and, and maybe why um, uh, you know, there's there's a difference between between how you're looking at it, Trey, and and ours because because as you get into the later ones, it becomes about revolution and how her actions change the world and stuff like that. And so, the 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 books then very clearly are becoming this is about social commentary, and I'm right. sitting there going, I have no idea what you're commenting on or what yeah. comment you're making. Yeah. And and so it's not it's not yeah. developed enough in that sense. And it but if it had just been the one book, just you know, being straightforward, then I think 
I would probably agree with you more and be like, it just told a fun story and yeah. a cracking. I, think, I that. think that's the idea. I think it's it's it, it, without having read them, but just from the, the bare bones I know about them, is it just suffers from sequelitis? It's like I had this really you know great brainstorm about this event that happens in this really messed up society and it makes for a great story. Oh, cool. Write that. Yeah, great. It's a huge hit. Write another one. I, I, I don't have anything to say. Okay, <laughs> I told okay. the story. Some of the dinosaurs lived yeah. and they go back to... Yeah. I, really, I really feel like she thought she had something to say and yeah. that's and she legitimately... I, I feel like she probably planned the, the trilogy, so to speak, up to front. To some degree, yeah. But she wound up not actually developing it enough to have something to say. Or Cut Acts 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the important thing. It happened yeah, on Good I, Hunting, I agree too. with you, Mike. I think there's... she, Like I said, she's got the question in her head, at least, or she's at least half-formulated the question in her head, but I don't think she's formulated at least an answer or a... Or, or a full... Or, or, she hasn't fully formed the question to yeah, ask Yeah, I, I think either. that's the better way to phrase yeah. it. She hasn't... She's formed the idea of the question, but she hasn't fully formed the question enough to to give the question meaning in... Yeah. in in terms of the story she's telling. Yeah. Mike? I think I just did it. <laughs> so, Do you um, like the movie? Um, I, yeah, I think the movie's fine. You know, if, if you take it on its own, there's, there's, you know, quibbles and stuff that we had with it, but it's a certainly a very interesting movie. And, um, I, like we said before, I like the fact that we're, well, we're making a movie about kids killing each other because that certainly is fascinating and, and <laughs> probably opens the door for a lot of other... Um, oh, this would make a great TV show. Thematic. Yeah. <laughs> it opens the door, it opens the door for, for wrestling with a lot of other thematic stuff like that. Come on, there, Ender's Game. Yeah, there would, have been a, there would have been a time where someone would have said, well, you can't make a movie about kids killing each other. People won't go to see that. And now we're saying, no, you, Hunger Games. So hopefully... Hopefully this this will open the door to have to to stories that actually have some thematic depth and are, are willing to kind of um, uh, be dark like this. Um, but um, like you said, I I I'm not sure I see myself ever watching it again. I'll check out the sequels. Um, I especially want to see if they if they improve upon the uh, the John Parento. Books. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's a perfectly fine movie. I didn't come out angry. I thought it was certainly uh, one of the better book-to-screen adaptations. You know, your mileage may vary on how you feel about the the source material, but it was very faithful to the source material. And, uh, yeah, I'll watch a sequel when it comes out in November. I've known a few of these names so far. Anyway, Trey, Hunger Games movie? I know, like, all the people at Digiscope. There That's you go. Cool. Digiscope. Um, hey, John Rosengrant. Legacy. Um... Yeah, well, like I said at the beginning, I, I came to this with no with no preconceptions and no requirements for what it needed to be. And uh, on the first viewing, was like, well, that was one crazy ass movie that uh, you know I enjoyed. And I've, I have had it on video. I've, I've watched it a couple times. I don't like. Oh, it's, I got to watch that you know immediately over and over again. It's not it's not that beloved by me. But um, again, I, I I think it's as a movie and a movie based on source material, uh, regardless of. Leaving out the topic of the source material and how successful that might 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 not be, or the sequels might not be, um, I think as a movie, this movie, as we said right at the beginning, could have failed in any of a hundred ways that it didn't fail at, yep. and is is you know so much more successful and so much more interesting in approach than we would have seen, I think, in almost any other treatment of the movie. It's it's. I think it's I think it's the the best possible movie based on the source material and remaining faithful to it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that it's it's it has a different sensibility than than what you think of this kind of movie, which I mean it's you know, tentpole y kind of based on a huge bestseller, oh it's a big tentpole movie. 
you know, the, the, the did, they did get someone like Ross and they did come in and have it. It doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like Battleship. It doesn't feel like, yeah. you know, the big, stupid, splody movies, even though it has all those elements. But it has its own sensibility and its own way of, of, of dealing with the material. Eh, this little Steven Soderbergh thing. Thank you, Steven. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think that's one of the reasons I appreciate it, too, is because it feels, like you said, it's it's not technically a studio film. Um, it has a kind of a – it's a weird it's – it's an indie blockbuster it has a weird kind of it's a weird animal, but I, I really enjoy that. That it it does feel different than than the average. We have bought this property, which we will now put through the churn and turn it into butter, which we will sell to the pigs. Um, that that so many tentpole blockbusters have. Even Harry Potter kind of has. It's like, like someone in that system the, yeah. deliberately yeah. burnt the cheese to give it to the plebes. So exactly. That they could, whatever. Even the Harry Potter movies have a kind of like you know. We have come to service the fans again with our blockbuster extravaganza, which you know this movie. So, so I think I think this this really will stand or fall on the on the sequels, because as you say, they're based on maybe not so strong material. Um, so it's going to have a lot to do with how they adapt them. And but Francis Lawrence is a very capable director. He will almost certainly deliver the the pretty visuals and the action that we want. Um, yeah. Whether those movies will be as good as this one or will have diminishing returns, we shall find out. So, uh, in summary, uh, go watch Constantine. This has been Down in Front. Yeah. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to iTunes. Get a brand new every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front. Show me at Down in Front. Show at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Great community. Good people. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, on the front page of that website, by the way, downinfront.net has a big old shiny PayPal button. You can click that and give us some money. We're not asking for just saying. Or buy one of our shirts or the hoodies. Buy one of the hoodies. The hoodies are nice. And uh, Holden Hill designed and maintained all that mess. Until next week, my name is T. Christy. Ryan, finish it. Nice up. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good night. We May got, the odds be... Oh, I was going to say, we got through the whole damn. thing without anyone doing that, and then yeah. there you go. I didn't finish it. Ever in your favor. Look at Elizabeth Banks. That is mahogany. That, that's the best one of the best yeah, lines yeah. because it's so perfectly her. It's like the failure to appreciate anything going on <laughs> yeah. other than the. I I will say um, like it's Winter's Bone. I when I saw it, hmm. I happened to be reading the Hunger Games when I saw Winter's Bone. Oh wow! And I I thought, oh my god, this is how they should make the Hunger Games. Really? Like, the style, because it's the same thing. It's very verite and handheld and walking through Appalachia and stuff like that. And then, not only did they shoot it exactly that way, they got the same lead actress. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. They, they, so, so, as far as I'm concerned, that's why I said, I was like, they made this exactly the way that yeah. I would have wanted to, so. So, is it possible that someone was watching Winter's Bone and going, you know, if this just had kids killing each other, we'd really have some. Yeah. Trendsinyourhead.com.